What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. Our guest for today is Kent Jenkins. I can just hear some of you going, who the fuck is that? And I can also hear some of you going, oh my god, isn't that Snubby J? Yes, it is. Snubby J is a YouTuber and internet phenomenon famous for his rimba tubes. He built this piano-like instrument out of PVC pipes, and it's blown up. It's hugely viral on the internet. Kent, I met at Booby Trap here in Los Angeles. Booby Trap is a variety show put on by Scott Neary. You should all go and see it if you're in town. It's amazing, Wednesday nights. But Kent is somebody that I met at that show, and I introduced myself. I thought his, his performance was amazing, and I wanted to talk to him about creativity and what it's like to be on stage and, and perform music for people that have never seen an instrument like his before. I was curious about the creative process and what he is doing as a musical performer that aligns with magic. And we talk a lot about magic in this episode. We also talk about life and growth and becoming who you are supposed to be. He and I are about the same age, and so we were able to kind of connect on that level of of sort of self-discovery. So it's a really great episode. There's a portion in it that I feel honestly pretty weird about releasing into the magic community. We talk a little bit about the infamous AGT clip that went around, and I express wholeheartedly my honest opinions about it, and I feel weird about it, but I also am pretty convicted in it, and anybody that disagrees with me, I would love to hear them out. It's not a challenge by any means, but I'm interested in, in having the discussion. I am interested in having the discussion. So... Anyway, Kent, Kent was amazing. I had such a good time. We had so much fun. It's a two-hour episode, and it's chock full of gold. We had a phenomenal time. This is only our second time ever talking, and it was super fun. Learned a lot about him, the stuff that he's into, the Rimba tubes, and you can check out his YouTube channel, Snubby J. If you haven't already, follow us on all the social media channels, Facebook and Instagram, search for Magical Thinking, and Art of Magic. You'll find us, you can follow us, join our newsletter. Also, if you're not already, go subscribe to the Patreon for Magical Thinking. That's p-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash magical thinking. Today, I am releasing the first video in the Style Plus tier. So if you're a $5 subscriber for the Patreon, you will get access to a video that I put up today. And uh, let me know what you think. It's the first one I've done. I'm proud of it but i know that there's a lot more that i can do and many ways that i can grow in my video making so let me know what you think i would love some feedback and possibly some encouragement and i hope you enjoy it and that you get something out of it anyway kent jenkins episode was amazing i had such a good time he's absolutely lovely and if you get a chance to see him perform i recommend it because it's really really fun go check out his youtube channel snubby j s-n-u-b-b-y j and enjoy the episode kent jenkins enjoy Talk me through like what's like the kind of the structure of your your podcast like. So there's no structure. Of... Cool. It's basically stream of consciousness. Yes. Uh, and we just talk about. Normally, I have magicians on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a little magic with my 
tubes. <laughs> yeah, your tubes are super magical, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. Um, <clears throat> but we usually just talk about, like, it's basically like a small biographic portion just so people can get yeah. to know who I'm talking More to. And then we just talk about funny stories or anecdotes and cool. sort of the philosophy of performing and being in front of people. Perfect. Yeah. Um, is it like usually a half hour, hour long? Like, is there just to have a sense of... So how much like, time do you have? I've got plenty of time. Yeah. Do you though? I do. <laughs> okay. I, I have work at two o'clock, but I okay. mean, I have like an hour uh, to, to talk if okay. you want to. It's, yeah. usually, it's usually about... Usually it's about two hours. But two we, hours? Yeah, but I've done do it, hour episodes. I've done three and a half hour episodes. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm into it. Hour and a half, two hours. Let's let's fill it out. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited that's a, now. That's yeah. a commitment. Let's <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, 1030 only? Yeah. yeah. Doing good? So this I'll is probably your... get hungry then. Do you have any, like, snackish? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, like, a light breakfast. I do not have any snacks. <laughs> We're all good. Okay. Um, I should have snacks. That makes sense. If like, I'm podcasting uh, in my home, I should have. But that's like noisy though, too. That's true. That's the only issue. Also, people hate listening to people eat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So maybe I'll keep liquidated, and then I'll grab the, uh, lunch right after this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You good with the AC and the fan on? Oh shit! The AC. I forgot. Thank you. Also, I'm just angling up all, that, all those little things too. Yeah. So I, I the fan gotcha. is really quiet, surprisingly. I know so it feels it feels like it'd be alright. Uh, yeah, the refrigerator actually is really fucking noisy. That I could imagine too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's just dive into it then. We're we're already in it. We're already in. Yeah, I'm recording. Okay, good. Good, yeah. good, good. I was gonna say because some of that just even pitter patter is it's gold. It's gold. It's gold. <laughs> Introduce us. Um, Elliot, so, how do you pronounce your last name? Terrell. Terrell? Yeah. Like a pterodactyl. A pterodactyl, <laughs> yeah. I've been called Elliot Terrible. Oh, no. I've been called Elliot Terror, which is like T-E-R-R-O-R, and then also uh, a like, racist sh- joke. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... I was just imagining like terror. Like terror, 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 like a terror. Yeah, T-E-A-R. Or tarot. Tarot, Yeah. Same. Or uh, uh, Taro. Taro. Like, Taro's not Boba. bad. Because I'm from, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Louisiana, so Taro. I can pull that off. What? Throw in a U. T- taro. Taro? Like tarot cards? No. That's that, what I was imagining. No, I know, but I'm just saying the pronunciation of it. But Louisiana? Yeah. Taro? How's Louisiana? Oh, Louisiana's uh, like Southern. <laughs> <laughs> Your face there. <laughs> Uh, well, because I want it, like, my immediate response is, how's Louisiana? My immediate response is, Louisiana is terrible. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't say that. No pride. Oh, no. No. Southern Louisiana is known for, like, witchery and voodoo and stuff like that, so. I thought that was, like, the what, the witch tribe city place. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you could, Boston or You couldn't be more right. Oh, Boston. No, yeah, yeah. Salem. 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 Salem, Salem yeah. witch trials, you know. That's what I think of witch, but like yeah, like that's voodoo, shinier. Like voodoo witchcraft. Voodoo witchcraft is Louisiana. South Louisiana. Salem is more like the prim and proper. It's been polished. Now it's like yeah. a production. New yeah. Orleans is dirty and gross. New Orleans. I just think of like good food and like swamps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I think. I need to visit Louisiana. That's on my bucket list. 
Okay. <laughs> Maybe leave that one for... No, just like New Orleans, at least. I think it'd be nice to get yeah. down in that area. It's cool. It's, there's actually a great busking community. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. A lot of my friends are magician buskers down there, and they're fucking cool. Yeah, that's a way to like develop your skills. Too. Yeah, like, absolutely. Just be out on the street. Yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't been there for four months, and I just went like this past week, and it yeah. was great. It felt yeah. so good to just get back out there and just feel with the crowd and... Some kid was like, oh, I recognize that Beatles song. I'm like, yeah, let's play some more Beatles. And just kind of follow that impulse. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's There's so much freedom. You, yeah. know, you have like, because no one paid to see you, you just get to like, God, it's so, it's so creatively uh, inspiring to, to be out, to be out on the street. And, have you I'm, done that? Yeah, yeah. I bus for. I where bus at? For where at? Uh, in Louisiana. In Louisiana. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and multiple spots or do you have like a certain area? I had life? a pitch. I had a pitch. Um. But I, I kind of, I'm like itching to do it some more, yeah. do it again, because it is so fun. And you do, you like, you really jam out your chops on the on the street. Yeah. yeah. No, and I feel like um, I've only ever done Third Street Promenade here in Santa Monica, technically, mm-hmm. but I've done like little pop up performances elsewhere. But it's it's a whole different skill to develop. I find, you know, I, I don't know for you, but it's just like to keep an audience and like retain that audience that wasn't there to see you, but. Um, it's a fun, it's a fun different arm form to compare with like YouTube or, or like a live show, like booby trap where yeah. I, I met you. So, oh yeah, we yeah. met a booby trap. Booby trap. It's so good. <laughs> <Scott laughs> booby trap. <laughs> what a weird show, right? It's a weird show. It's the best. I love it. I love that there's like this kind of fun underground kind of, vo- uh, variety arts community yeah. through that. Yeah. It is vaudeville, yeah. Yeah. Vaudeville, it's variety, like, all that. It's, yeah. And all the people that come there that aren't expecting that, like even the performers, <laughs> it's hilarious. There's always like at least one comedian every show who doesn't get what the what show's the show about. Is. No, and it's amazing because then they just bomb. <laughs> they really do. They just are which is in, great making fun of themselves. It's so important. So sad. I'm only hurting it. Yeah, it's a good. I mean, I only heard about it this past November, and mm-hmm. then did the show back in January. I don't know how did you. How did, like, I mean, how long have you been here in L.A. even? I, don't even oh, I moved to L.A. like a month and a half ago, but I okay. lived in San Diego for two years. And a lot oh, of my cool. friends, uh, being in the magic community, are in L.A. So <sighs> I've been to, I, I, was, I was going to Booby Trap when I was in San Diego. Okay. Up and, How'd you yeah. like San Diego? It's fine. It's like beautiful and amazing, but it's, <clears throat> it's like slow and casual. Sure. Where, like, there's, not, there's not a lot for creatives. Performance mm, creatives to right. do down there. I just love uh, the like. I've only been there twice. Yeah, the two times I've been there. It's gorgeous, and I don't know if I could just find a way to have a consistent entertainment like circle down there. I, yeah. I would totally live down there. Oh yeah, I commute up to LA when I have to. I think <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the the way around. But it's it's kind of the other way around at this moment. But yeah, you know, maybe one day I'll retire. I want maybe I'll retire in San Diego and I'll have this on record. So there I it is. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful place to retire. Um, <laughs> at least it's not like Branson, which is the worst place to retire. Is that Louisiana? No. No. <laughs> Where's Branson? Branson Where's Branson's Branson? in Missouri. That's where uh, performers, oh, that's where performers go to die. Ew. 
<laughs> That's yeah. I probably I'm sorry. I probably have listeners in prison <laughs> like doing their show. I'm sorry guys. No, I, I'm sure they'll agree with you. We're just, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, this is a shithole. We're just having a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's like a it's a it's literally a tourist town. It's, oh. it's in the middle of nowhere and there's yeah. like yeah. tiny theme parks. There's theme parks there. I'm going to Six Flags on Monday and I cannot yes. be more excited. That's amazing. For the first ever time. Wow. I always grew up going to Disneyland and like, I, I feel like I was, there's a lot of shit for Disneyland and like theme parks in general, but I feel, I feel like that like had an impact on me growing up to get inspired by like top level kind of entertainment. Yeah. To get to and the next to level. be impregnated with whimsy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to think. Magical thing. Oh, <gasps> Magical thinking. Oh my god! <laughs> You're the first person to ever say the name of the show. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so accidental too. Um, I literally didn't plan that out. Uh, but I'm excited for Six Flags because I grew up uh, playing Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh yeah. I don't know. Did you ever play that shit? I was a Zoo Tycoon. Zoo person. Tycoon. I also had Mall Tycoon. A lot of people liked Zoo Tycoon though. Yeah. But they had all the game, like all the rides are from Six Flags, and so. Like, I'm about to go live out my childhood dream by being there. Also, I don't think it was this, but <laughs> thinking of childhood <laughs> dreams, the best part about performing at Santa Monica was, like, I'd never really been to the the, the pier. Yeah. It's like that kind of pier thing. Yeah. And it always reminded me of um, Rocket Power. Oh, I know yeah. it's not – it's modeled off a, a more southern town, but, like, that, that pier looks so much like it for me that – it was like two years as I was, uh, no, maybe not that long. I was like performing at Third Street for like quite a long, long time. And I finally like just went around the corner and like looked at the pier. And I just thought I was at, in rocket power and I could not be happier. Oh my God, that's the amazing. Best, like, this is like little childhood things. It's like trying a Krabby Patty. Like imagine like what a Krabby Patty would taste like. Or like the yeah. butter beer at Harry Potter Land. Yes. It's like that's so satisfying. It is. Like uh, this, I, I'm so fascinated by the current culture of nostalgia, and it's not even like a long time ago. It's no. like millennials are the people that are leading the future because we have total domination over the internet, mm-hmm. and so like everybody is catering to us, and it's amazing. Yeah, I just get to like that's actually oh man, fidget spinners. Yeah, what's your opinion about them? Uh, I. Honestly, don't have an opinion. <laughs> it's like, like, a, like if you were to flick a deck of cards, though. It's almost yeah, like that exactly. Kind of I, that's why I don't have one. Is because yeah. I have other fidget you things. Other, you already have your own fidget things. I love them as an idea and as a thing for our society. Just because everything is just like has become so like you know technological based. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me think of uh, the fads when we were growing up of like Beanie Babies, like to yep. collect those and to have something like that where everyone is just so behind it and everyone wants it. I think it's the best thing ever. Like I could not be happier to see fidget spinners as like a thing. I know. I yeah. Know, like, I weird, completely but... agree with you. It is cool. And it's also analog. It's yeah, also not exactly. a screen, which it, is it, great. It's perfect. Even though I, I, I kind of use my phone as like a fidget spinner. I've, oh, I I've have so many. Before. Yeah. So there's like a whole phone flourishing <laughs> Hence thing. Hence all the cracks on it. <laughs> but, yeah, man. Yeah. So what are we doing? <laughs> this is what we're, this is it. This I is what we're it. doing. Yeah. <laughs> There's no pressure. There's no pressure. I love this um this kind of bare apartment. You got like this picture of this like coffee. I didn't even realize it's a coffee and a top hat. Yeah. All at the same time. That is a, a show that I created called Coffee with Dan and Dave. Coffee with Dan and Dave. And that's fan art. Really? Somebody, yeah, somebody one of our fans in France. Drew that, made the posters, there's 50 of them, and he sent them to us, and he was like, here, just have these, and you can sell. That's so fancy. Yeah, that's cool. Which, are you Dan, or are you, a da- are you Dave? I'm Elliot. 
I know. But like, Dan and Dave, so Dan and Dave are actual people. They're not characters. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's it's like just a, a morning show. So we do it on uh, Friday. we do I it see. on Friday mornings, and the three of us get on. They're my bosses. They're the people that like built this magic brand. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Dan and Dave Buck are the Buck twins, and they like they became famous because they do what like the Buck. What, right. The Buck. Yeah. Uh, they do these these card flourishes, and they built this artist uh, this art form called cardistry. Uh, yeah, which you've oh probably my seen. god, yeah. I'm nutso for that stuff. So they're, yeah, they're like the founder, the grandfathers oh, of that. Shit. Yeah, like all the like the like the beautiful like kind of flowering techniques and whatnot, right? Yeah, and like they yeah. can like spin and like catch it and like do fun cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Fans, do you do that? I do a, a little bit. I'm not. Yeah. I don't consider myself a cardist, uh-huh. but I dabble. I dabble. Dabble in the cardistry stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've always wanted that makes me think of um, like doing flourishes and stuff Benny Hanna style like cooking spatula tricks like yeah. they juggle and they do the drumming stuff like I've always wanted to be able to do at the the paddles on my instrument I think they're so fun to be able to like juggle and do all this it's just the weight the weight of them are kind of funny but yeah I feel like that would be like a fun like special did, did you build your own paddles I did yeah well, then you built them just... with my dad so I could just re-weight them I guess and they would in theory yeah, yeah. It's a very particular like thing to get the sound out of it, right? But yeah, yeah. I feel like <laughs> I just I'm, I'm I'm just enthralled. I just I can't even imagine like the detail of like I can't even do the quarter between the fingers. Like I feel like that you got to do that to become a cardist. <laughs> <laughs> like there's like steps. <laughs> it's a, it's really amazing the kids these days. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck me for saying that, but it's true. These days. Like there's like 10, 12 year olds that do. Fucking insane cardistry. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, the whole... So, uh, cardistry was born online, and then it moved to social media, and Instagram is one of the big houses for it now. And the community on Instagram is insane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can just scroll through the cardistry hashtag, and there will be, like... 12-year-old kids in their boxer shorts and their bed and all their dirty clothes are on the floor, and they'll be doing, like, crazy, insane moves. It's amazing. Shit. It's like the child prodigy is a piano. Yeah. Like you, I, I feel like I have to give up every time I see one of those. I'm like, I can't, I can't compete. They're literally much better than me. But I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday is that I feel like as soon as um, those kids like hit puberty, then it's just like all that charm is gone. All the charm has gone. All the charm is gone. And then that's when it's like real life hits and it's like your skill and your like professionalism and your talent like have to go like 20 fold to like match Everyone else now, because yeah. you've now entered the field of adulthood. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> well, so how do you deal with that as like a as a person who started young? I know that's I, well. That's where I think I lucked. I, this is what we were talking. I was talking about is like uh, the I wasn't like a kid when I started my like I, I grew up dancing, so mm-hmm. like I had that like kind of sense of like oh I'm a performer. What kind of dancing? Jazz, tap, and ballet. Great. So I started with tap, and I was just fascinated with like. I literally just put my sister's tap shoes on in the kitchen and was just like bounce around. I was like, you know, three years old, um, just making noise. But then uh, <laughs> that's when they were like, <clears throat> the dance studio was like, yeah, if you're, you're serious about this, you, you need like you need to take ballet. And I did not want to take ballet. I cried in my first ballet class and like had to leave. <clears throat> but now I'm so grateful for it. It's like that's like the basis of my training, you mm-hmm. know that that I think probably helped me mature out of just being a childhood performer because. Um, yeah, but then I, I started I started my RimbaTubes things just 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago. I just celebrated my 10th year anniversary on YouTube. 
and it was um, just a, like a kind of a hobby. But I think being just out of puberty, it made it like I, I you know I look kind of similar to what I was when I was like fourteen, fifteen, and um, and now I'm turning twenty five in like a week and uh, feeling more like an adult, but like feeling more like I've I've, I've found a way to like modify my performance and just what I do in general to be more in like a career type format. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing to talk about, but it's funny that I literally was just thinking of that yesterday. Yeah. Like the, the novelty of being a childhood, like child performer. Like I just feel bad for like even the Disney channel. Like that's why like people yeah. like Britney Spears freak out. Miley Cyrus had like her whole meltdown thing. Like <laughs> I'm like, yes, do that. Cause like, I feel like I even had that kind of a little breaking point of like, I just need to get out of just being this like happy, cheerful like yeah <laughs> like what like, was that like what it had it what was the breaking point um i don't know i feel like it was like did you get college burnout? Or after college yeah a little bit of a burnout feel i had always my goal was always to be a member of the blue man group mm-hmm. that was like my <laughs> <laughs> just straight down the ticket goal and i uh i remember because i i kind of auditioned a few times and then right after college i had this like like all this momentum from college, like and literally just twenty one years of school and life to get, then go uh, audition for this thing and just not get the job, you know, doing the whole final call back in New York with the makeup and like, you know, uh, doing some of the routines of the directors, but not getting the job and then being like, yeah, I can, I can still do my own thing, it'll be fine, I'm like pushing, pushing, pushing for that, and just like wasn't like, you know, it wasn't feeling right. And, yeah, uh, I think I had to like take a couple steps back. I went to like this physical fear school this past year and really kind of regrounded myself Uh and like took an awareness of like who I am now and not just like who I was and wanted to be. Yeah. But like staying more in that kind of present moment of saying like, no, like this is me here. I'm like questioning, uh, what my drives are in life, like what my sexuality is, like all these things just to at least be like thinking about that. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. Or like, Oh no, you should go this way with whatever it is. And it's a, it was like a, it's a very scary, vulnerable thing to kind of reevaluate your identity yeah. <laughs> in that kind of a way yes. of just even be like, am I meant to be an artist? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is something I've just been doing my whole life. Is this what I'm meant to do? But I think that really helps solidify the choices you make and reiterates like why you do what you do and uh, what you love to do. And um, yeah, I feel like that's, that was kind of like a, a thing that wouldn't have happened if Blue Man, you know, like that, everything happens for a reason, I think. And so like having Blue Man not work out and then um, taking that step back here just in LA even to be like, all right, what, like, what should I be like stage management? Should I do some, um, you know, more theater design or more music? And so now I'm just in this fun place of like, I just want to do whatever I want and just yeah. <laughs> kind of do everything and anything. And it's, it's really satisfying that way and uh, allows me to be um, flexible for whatever comes my way. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, I would love to know about the process of like breaking down your life and sure, uh, I'm <laughs> breaking see, down my see, life. I, but because yeah. I mean seriously, because yeah. I, I when I was uh, uh, I I was in a relationship for six years. Yeah, uh, it was my like high school sweetheart. We dated high school and into college and through college. Yeah, and like that time for me was a sort of a hey, wait, reevaluate. Is this what you're gonna mm. do? Even though like you know, there's all this 
family and society pressure because I was still right. in Louisiana. Like, hey, you're oh. gonna get married. You're yeah. gonna make babies. Were in you two school, years. Or did you undergrad? Did you do undergrad yeah. in Louisiana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. undergrad marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah. Oh. That's a very magician, like, <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> should be, like, showing something, but then twisting it to, like, That's right. something else. That's right. They're not features, they're benefits. Oh, what? I said they're not features, they're benefits. They're not features, they're benefits. You just, you just twist it. But, yeah, so I went through... I, <laughs> I went through... <laughs> I went Stay through away. The, get away from me. Just bring out a cross. Steak. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I went through I went through that period where I was like, uh, I don't know if this is what I want to do with my life because yeah. I had these, you know, when I was in college, I was uh, coming out here to California and working yeah. with these guys, and uh, I had all these cool, fun, interesting friends out here, and not that my cool, fun, interesting friends didn't also exist. No, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's it was just like it's more uh, centralized of like the thing you loved. Yeah. Like. Because I had a weird thing where when I was growing up, this I, I've never shared this on the podcast before, but when I was growing up, I was always uh, very good at math and science and stuff. And so mm-hmm. everyone around me that were adults were like, you're going to be a science person. You're going right. to be a, a math person. You're going to be like an engineer type thing. So that's what I went to college for. I went to an engineering school, one of the best in the country, and then switched out my second quarter because it was fucking awful. There you go. And, you. and went to marketing. And, but, but I had... It took me a really long time until maybe the last year where I thought, I'm not a creative person. I just happen to be in this creative field. Mm. And I kind of had to talk myself out of that thing where I was like, oh, I'm a creative person. (laughs) I didn't know until I was like around creative people. And I didn't know that there was a process just like in science and math and stuff to be creative you kind you have to work it out you have to beat it out of yourself to make good art so true yeah yeah i um well that just even makes me think of uh i think there's a lot of just pressure we put on ourselves even because that makes me think of uh my uh youtube channel i've been doing this for you know 10 years that it's it's become a thing where like oh now i have like set the bar for myself like i need to like always surpass this one type thing and like improve the quality improve this improve that but like then i get so focused on just the mechanics of it that i lose what the heart is (laughs) and so just like even yesterday i was like you know screw it i have this fun street performance video that i i shot with a friend playing with me and I had originally uploaded it to my side channel because I was like, you know, it's not my like best work. It's not like fine, you know, fine. It's shot on an iPhone. Yeah. And I was like, no, screw it. That's like what I'm doing now. This is what I want to show. And like everyone is like giving me some good feedback so far. They're saying like, this is cool. Like, like let's take this another step for it, you know? Yeah. Because otherwise I hadn't posted anything in like months because I just was like, oh, I got to have it pretty perfect and all this like anal yeah. retentive things of like, you know, the, pr- the pressure I put literally only put on myself yeah because it's like it's my thing like i can do whatever i want yeah so that's i mean that's that's where it's like that kind of sense of like being being stuck from your parents or your family or community to like do something that's like yeah science or math oriented and like doing what should be right versus like what feels right i don't know i'm a very just like kind of tangible like tangibly sensitive type person like i instinctually find what i want to do rather than like overthink yeah I, so this is the podcast is actually an exercise for me in 
not being a perfectionist. Yeah. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Cause I, cause I, I'm like that. I'm like, Oh God, this isn't right. Uh-huh. And I, I, I'm forcing myself to be like, it's better to be done than perfect. Yeah. Cause I'm be, also a procrastinator. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's totally the thing of just doing it. Sometimes it's much easier and much better. And then you have, yeah, you have something to results from. And then I feel like the experiences of just doing things like actually builds upon itself Yeah. rather than just going for that aim and goal thing. And yeah. Um, and all the stuff that like all the stuff that you wish you knew, you end up learning by not doing it right. The first and time. you find out why it's right. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like your, uh, interpretation of what the, like the somebody else dream like right. version yeah. of, yeah, the, the, yeah, whatever the perfectionist version of what you have in your brain. It's like, no, this is like what's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting how that all works out. You didn't answer my question. I know. That's where I'm like, I'm trying to get back to that question now. That's like where I was stumbling on the words. So what was the question? Like, oh, I was just, I just wanted like, to know. Yeah. I wanted to know what it was like for you to, to, <laughs> <laughs> to get to that place where, uh, this is my third audition for the Blue Man Group. I'm going to, you know, it's the final call in New York. Yeah. I don't get it. Okay. What no am way. I going to do now? Is yes. This right? So I think my ego and my pride took over for a moment because I was like, I've got all these skills. I've got all this, uh, like I've got a, a degree now in like theater arts and, <laughs> and I, I felt like I needed to do something with it. And I had this success from this YouTube channel that I was like, okay. Let me follow through and basically do my own like blue man thing. And it just uh, became like my own solo show. And I was trying to do a bunch of shows in Portland, a bunch of shows in LA, street perform as like my main source of income. Mm-hmm. And just, um, I, I literally, like even people like could sense that in me. I remember at a, a gig in, in Portland, like someone was like, yeah, you gotta slow down buddy. Otherwise you're gonna you're burn yourself out and you're only what, like 20, 22 kind of or something. Yeah. And um, it, it, I kind of was already saying it, but it just, it was, it just didn't feel natural. It was um, me pushing for something that wasn't feeling right. And I was just at the, the, where the state I'm in, you know, state I was. And I feel like it's fun to still like I'm finding now, like two years later after like kind of taking a little hiatus from it all, um, is that I'm like kind of able to enjoy the talent I have, like playing the room suits for like the booby trap show, like doing this like four minute thing, but not feeling the pressure. Like that's, that's my only thing. And I mean this past month in May, like I, it's so, it's, uh, it's sad because I did a lot of corporate gigs, like a bunch of like really awesome big things that, uh, people on you like they found my YouTube videos and hired me from but like most of them were like I had a signed contract that I couldn't like talk about it I couldn't like post pictures or anything like that that like um, You know something that I wish I could share with the world, but it's it was a thing of um, I Just I lucked out with these awesome like gigs that paid me money and like actually paid my bills So I'm yeah. like, huh, okay. I didn't intend to go into like a corporate gig world or anything like that, but um, it it's, it's, it's in turn, like from like ignoring the thing that I was pushing for, for so long, it's like becoming what I want to do. It found you. It found me. Yeah. And that was from just my patience and allowance for that to naturally happen and not just like pushing for it right outside the gate of, of college. And yeah, just, I'm finding that balance of like what I love to do and what I need to do to like make money. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. like where I'm at right now. Yeah. So, uh, but that's, uh, Yeah. 
But just, I think I, I, the main thing I found with getting so burnt out was like, I just needed to strip my ego away. And that allowed me to just go with the flow and like have, have fun with like doing, um, anything and everything that opportunity wise that comes my way. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful space to be though. I, I like it. I, I feel so much more, uh, at peace and grounded and free to just do what I love to do and not feel like the pressure of like having to be a blue man group on my own, like yeah. a one man blue man. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's too much pressure. <laughs> yeah. So how did the, how did the YouTube channel come about? My sister, she actually was the one that convinced me to make a, I don't, I, I grew up, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> middle school, I'll say I wasn't growing up middle school. I got this idea to, um, get a, like a video camera and just make fun homemade videos. I, I got inspired by my uncle. My uncle Steve would, uh, uh, in the seventies would, uh, shoot his younger sisters, like my mom and others, like, uh, doing stop motion animations. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of those where it's like, you know, somebody sits on the ground and then like pretends to be driving a car. He'll take a quick still frame yeah. and then like she would scooch forward and then he would take another quick still frame and then like do that a million times until it looks like she's just on her butt, just scooting around the whole like yard and just like driving herself. And I was so enthralled by the, like the magic of that kind of film thing that I started exploring that with just like Legos or, uh, you know, fun childhood toys that I, um, had this whole like kind of culmination of short videos. And my sister was like, Hey, you should, YouTube was starting to become a thing in 2007 that, uh, she suggested I make a YouTube channel and just post some of those, like those and like dance videos before I'd even, um, thought to build the PVC instrument. And so I, I did that. I named it Snubby J, which has like a short, but funny story behind that. I can tell later, but, um, and then I started, I built my PVC instrument that same summer and the rest is history. It like kind of just that, like kind of became the thing was, you know, I, that's where I almost, I don't post many other things other than like Rimba tubes videos, which is Rimba tubes is my name for the PVC instrument. Um, because like that's now where the audience is like yeah looking for, which is funny. So again, the pressures I kind of put on myself, but a sense of like okay, there's like you know almost a half a million people that are like wanting to see this thing only. That yeah, I feel like yeah yeah you know it's like you MTV, created this you know, cohesive something. performance space. It's exactly. essentially what it is. Yeah, you know, people are are paying you their attention, and yeah. it makes sense they that know, you want to yeah. give them what it is they want. They're paying the attention. I love that. Well, attention, yeah, attention is the. It's time. It's it's focus. It it's focus. It's uh it's the most valuable commodity mm-hmm. that there is is attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you have like yeah almost half a million people subscribe to your channel, which is yeah. insane. It's ridiculous. Did you do like? Was it on purpose or did Not it just at all? all? It was. I mean, I mean, when you're you know starting out with anything, you're like, oh, it'd be so fun to get like recognition at least. I think that like at the core, it's just acknowledgement for the thing you're doing. And I think I ultimately just want the yeah, like the respect of of that. But um, I remember getting jealous because in <laughs> 2008 there was like some YouTube cult like uh, cultivated playlists. They curated curated playlists. And they have like a whole series of like DIY PVC pipe instrument music. And like at that point, like I like had some videos out there, but none of mine were selected. <laughs> it was all these other people that had like some cool things and I was so jealous. And I was like, oh, this is like, 
these like shitty videos of PVC pipes that like aren't like aren't mine. <laughs> so I, remember, I remember getting really jealous about that. That I um, you know I kept kind of driving for that. But otherwise, I was just making the videos in the hopes of again becoming a blue man one day. In high school, I was only doing uh, videos and performing like in the blue. Like I was doing a lot of talent shows and community events, uh, and I became the the blue man in my small town. And it was. It was really fun for that reason, but um, you know, I think that that was kind of my drive and what kept me going with YouTube. That it wasn't until uh, college, though, when I did my it was my DRS talent show video. It was like my first like dorm room talent show with my friends, and I just performed one of my standard medleys. It was just like what I was doing, but just kind of a fun culmination of all the music I'd learned so far to showcase to my friends. And that's the video that went super super viral and got like a million views within like a week mm -hmm. and this is 2010 so that was like a big you know that was like actually That's a huge. big deal yeah. and, um, and now yeah and then now it's like ridiculously blown out of proportion it, but it's a, it's a thing where then it became this like viral it's uh, yeah it became this like viral thing that it just has a life of its own and mm -hmm. so it's funny to be yeah like seven years later now of this video it's still getting shared it's still getting like I keep getting like Facebook group requests to like have other page pages like upload it and like tag me and those videos like there's one back in March that has like almost a hundred million views on its own and it's like how how like how do I even like fathom like like it makes no difference and then I'll have like you know just to compare it with like even street performance where I get like one person to come up and give me a dollar <laughs> that almost like makes me so much more happier and like grounded because like there's like a real tangible person that's like like acknowledging my you know talent and like giving me uh you know compensation for it yeah and it's just funny it's real human validation real human validation but just that interaction is just the pure essence of what i i'm i'm all about now and um <laughs> yeah it's just funny how how the yeah the channel has grown from this like literally just me uploading homemade videos for fun to becoming basically like a side career that i had to fall into um I think, and, but yeah, to get back to the question, I think I kind of always wanted a little bit of that and like to perform like that. I just from my childhood, I just thought it'd be fun to be in the entertainment business. So mm -hmm. to have that kind of avenue and that, um, this kind of market for people to enjoy my talent, like I couldn't ask for anything better. Cause like, then I can just easily upload a video and have, have people from all over the world, like see it. I think it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, I wrote down when you were when you were talking. You said you wanted the respect. Uh, <laughs> I only said that because I just thought of uh, who is it? Lil Dicky. <laughs> he has a rapper, and I I think he's an amazing rapper because I just love that he's <laughs> twisting the game. I I still don't I don't listen to rap at yeah. all, but like. Yeah. I, uh, he, he's almost my gateway drug to rap right now. And he's, he always talks about like, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it for the respect or whatever it is. And I think that's like a, f a beautiful, like poetic way to look at what you do in life. Yeah. Yeah. Why? But what are you bringing up about it? Well, so, about so it? I, I think that's funny because I wonder if that is because you're young because I'm young too. I'm right. 24 also. Right. So like I that's very much how I feel. Yeah. It's like I do what I do for the respect mm -hmm. also. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean it's a cop I mean I wouldn't yeah, it's hard to pinpoint it just the respect only. Like I feel like I do It's a combination Oh, it's not of only, of course. Like, you know, yeah. Financial and like creative energy and I yeah. 
But um, yeah, I actually, I'm now like taking a step back and reevaluating. Like I feel like uh, a lot of what I do would be for the risk. Like I, I think I, it's, it's not, I do the things for respect, but like I would expect respect. And if I'm not getting the respect, then I will like, like show like how much I'm like, I care about something Yeah. to like allow somebody to understand, like I'm genuinely uh, wanting that like connection with them on like a mutual understanding of each other kind of a way. Yeah. It's not, yeah. But like respect's part of it. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I feel like we just need more respect and love in the world that like I would, I, you know, expect that. And, but I, I think I've, I've also, I don't know about, I don't know about you, but like I've come to a place too where it's okay um, if someone doesn't respect it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't need you. Like, <laughs> You're yeah, not yeah. meant to be in my life then, you yeah. know? I feel like it's important to have that or to not. And then it's like, all right, it's not like a, I don't respect you, but I'm like, until you show me respect, I won't show you that same respect. Yeah. It goes two ways. Yeah. Two way street, baby. We got to be supportive of each other. Yeah. All of us. All of us. But then, okay. So then talking about this, I'm curious, how'd you get into magic and your like entertainment side? Like what, how'd you get into all this stuff? So uh, my entertainment uh, passion came out when I was young. Also, when yeah. I was a kid, like one of we, I, just one of my first words was magic. Was damn, <laughs> damn, was damn. <laughs> that I was not expecting. Okay, because I was obsessed with David Letterman. I would watch it with my parents oh. at night, every night, as a, like a tiny baby child. Yeah, and like, uh, and so I was adamant until kindergarten that I was going to wear a suit every day. Holy crap. So I had like three double-breasted suits and like eight ties, and I would just wear a suit every day. <laughs> I wore cowboy boots and spandex shorts. So you're a whole different <laughs> a whole different realm for me. I love well, that. so that's another thing is I was also like a huge fan of the TV show Dallas. So I oh. also had the cowboy boots and the There you the go. Hat, so. Yes, cowboys for the win. But I was obsessed with talk shows. Uh, I have a very vivid memory. One of my first memories of my fourth birthday, my dad had built me a stage so I could really? do a Letterman-style monologue. <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Adorable. So it's always been in there. And then uh, just throughout my childhood, I was luckily uh, introduced to really good magic. Mm-hmm. So I saw Siegfried and Roy when I was like six in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. David Copperfield came to my hometown when he was touring the country which good. is insane no, so yeah i saw really good stuff and then later when i was a teen i was doing speed solving rubik's cubes there you go and that's like that sort of puzzle world is adjacent to the magic community Absolutely. And that's how i fell into Absolutely. it Absolutely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just saw tape face the other day yeah and he does this funny routine where he um <laughs> i'm spoiling the show but it's just one little bit where he like is solving a rubik's cube and like has this like a fun music in the background or something like it seems like he's gonna solve it and then like he doesn't <laughs> like then he like tries again like does a whole another thing with the music and then like just like slowly like, turns around, like reaches in this bag, swaps it out, and he's like, oh, I did it! <laughs> it was just this thing, I was like, oh my god, you know, just someone who's, yeah, like, I would just imagine any performer, like, naturally be able to do that. I just, I know I can't do that, but like someone who is, yeah, like kind of like magic vaudeville kind of skills, I'm like, yeah, like that totally makes sense for you to do that. Yeah. That's so cool. It was fun. Uh, yeah. 
Did you, ever, I, did you ever do cup stacking? No, I was that? never into cup stacking. <laughs> my friend, so I, I was cubing with a friend and he got into it. I didn't oh get into gosh. it. I was like, okay, this is too dumb. That's funny. Let me say, I have a, uh, there's a kind of a fan friend of mine um, named Aaron. He built his own, what's ridiculous, again, this the channel, my YouTube channel, like being blown up and like, just becoming a life of its own. I have fans all over the world who yeah. built their own replicas of my instrument. It's no longer people getting, like I got inspired by the Blue Man Group and and I'm sure Blue Man Group got inspired by like, yeah, they said they just went into like a you know pipe store and like found the pipes and got inspired. But like there, there's like African tribes that have been doing bamboo pipe music for the longest time. But there's fans of mine who have built exact replicas with like the same color pipes down to like the same note layout as mine. And they they're all over the world which has been a blessing because then they could go perform internationally and just borrow their instruments but i have this one fan who also does a uh, rubik's cube stuff and it's, it's amazing to me because he also like builds them and like re like structures them and he's like like there's just like a whole niche world just for rubik's cubes which i'm like and, and, and like intimidated by it, I guess <laughs> I'm so intrigued by it, but like also like I could not I could not I can't I can't even do like a corner on a Rubik's cube like I can't solve like a side <laughs> it's a whole yeah I know it's just all math and stuff and that's like my specialty of anything but like I I can't do it <laughs> it's never too late never too late so you built you oh, built your I can do Sudokus though. Can you do Sudoku? No, I'm fucking I, awful at that. I am a master at Sudoku. Like you put any Sudoku in front of me and give me like, I don't know, like 30 minutes. I'm <laughs> not fast by any means, but like I can solve any Sudoku. That's my like my one pride and joy. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been good at this. My girlfriend's really good at this. Uh-huh. Um But you built your instrument. This you were talking about uh the guy who cubes and also built an instrument yeah <laughs> with the guy that got me into cubing he was an engineer at the school where i went to go um, okay and he was building his own rubik's cubes that were like crazy shapes so he oh. built a cube holy shit so it's like a slanted so cube? it's a slanted rubik's cube what the fuck and so like when you do so there's a pattern called checkerboard pattern which is just it looks like a checkerboard right uh, when you do checkerboard on the cube, it looks like the starburst. It's oh. really cool. It's really cool. Uh, I actually, I just found, uh, I have like a really old YouTube channel from when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, I feel like everyone doing does. Doing magic tricks. It's like a MySpace, you know? It's like everyone at least has like one like profile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I had forgotten about I thought I had like erased it from the internet because it's so embarrassing and now yes. I'm in a position where like it can you know, resurface and be embarrassing yeah yeah so it did uh, <laughs> and I was like no and I couldn't remember the password, password. to get in and I was like fuck no. but uh, I finally figured it out and I got in and then I found this old video of me explaining this the cube and like all these weird cubes oh. my friend had made and given to me yeah and that was cool um can you solve like a four by four or five by five? Yeah, is actually, like... the four by four is really fucking hard. Is it? It's way harder than the five by five because the five by five is you're just solving a three by three, but there's more steps. Mm -hmm. A four by four, uh, it's, it's algorithms. I'm sure there are different algorithms, and it's also possible to not be able to solve it. <clears throat> That's shitty. Yeah. How is that possible though? So 
Like if you had it solved at one point, you have to be able to unsolve it. <laughs> so you would have what you would have to do is just take off the stickers. Yeah. <laughs> I did that once as a child. I literally took off the stickers We've and like, I solved it. it. Yeah, and they did not go back on nicely. So no, it's a gross thing afterwards. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, I can't remember what it's called when there's an impossibility in the thing. So like when you're solving it, you're solving it in such a way that when you get to the end like three pieces will be out of place. And it's just, that's just how it is. So you have to unsolve the whole thing and resolve it again. I think it's called uh, Sool, is that what it is? It's S-O-O-L, like shit out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's algorithms to get out of it, but like, yeah. So that's, it doesn't solve neatly, but no, the imagine. odd ones do. Um, yeah. Such a nerdy thing, I love it. <sighs> It makes me think of, um, yeah, just like even Sudoku. I've, I've tried to do the four by fours now and like try some other kinds. Ramp it up. Yeah. So, yeah, I just can't imagine with the Rubik's Cube. It's, it's pretty nuts. But then you guys, so you guys into Rubik's Cubes, but did you incorporate that ever into your magic? No. No? I never have. Uh, and there are people that are wildly successful <coughs> that do that. Right. And, and I'm happy for them, but it's just not my. I remember getting inspired by Marco Tempest. Oh my god, he's amazing. I, I like I, I remember just coming across this stuff again recently too, but he had a whole like video podcast thing he did back in like 2008 or 9, and that that was inspiring for me to do more video tricks too with my YouTube channel. And that's that's what I became known for was like doing the rimba tubes but also cloning myself. Yeah. And that's where like again I kind of built that pressure on myself was to continue doing that and uh, it's just it's a lot of work to do and it's so fun when it's like works out because you're like, oh, this is a cool effect and all these things. And it's like a more complete package. But yeah. um, I remember getting inspired by Marco Tempest. He had just these fun like little videos that he did. Uh, he did, and um, he used a lot of the like Rubik's cubes and yeah. video magic. He's a he's a cyber magician. Cyber magician, cyborg. He's a ama- he's incredible. He uh yeah, he's just amazing. Um, what I, kind of style of magic do you do then? Is it like I do close up magic. Close up magic. Yeah. Mainly with cards, or is it... Cards, coins, cups and balls. 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 I got some magic wands balls. over there on the table. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a real magician. You're t- literally a magician. <laughs> there was a guy on America's Got Talent recently that did some close-up magic. I don't know if you saw that, but it was just a lot of, like, waving his hand over balls, and they would just, like, immediately move and disappear, and I'm sure it was just, like, mirror effects and, like, whatnot. I, don't, I can't, like, properly label anything, but I feel like I have a an okay sense of like how some magic tricks work mm-hmm. but it's like that was that was really magical so it was like literally just on like the camera and then he would just like snap his fingers and they would like change positions and just pick them up and it was like yeah they just move fucking ridiculous yeah know, you have to check it out if you i've seen it i've you seen saw that it. one yeah. yeah yeah what was your impression of that that was like everyone was like that's magic that was literal magic and i know it's not and i can see from your smile I so I okay I I talk about this fairly I haven't we haven't talked about the video I've kind of been avoiding it actually but you brought it up so I'll I talk brought about it up um I and <laughs> <laughs> um I uh the we're okay yeah we're, and we're, after this, I'm I want to talk about just America's Got Talent in general too okay so yeah I, let's I think absolutely that'd be interesting to talk about uh I hate that performance yeah I really don't like it. Uh, that was very strong, <laughs> but it's true. I, right I don't like it that. because it's not. 
If okay, here's, here's <laughs> you're, just, you're shielding your eyes. Oh god. Uh, so I, it is astonishing. <clears throat> okay. Astonishment is not the same thing as the feeling of magic. Oh sure. Right. So there are magic tricks that are really astonishing, and that's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And there is a time and a place for astonishment. Magic is a much harder thing to do. Yes. Um, and so I didn't like it because there are limitations to what he did that aren't normally in close-up magic, but he's presenting it as close-up magic. And so it skews the public perception of what magic is and can be. Mm-hmm. And I am my focus as a person in magic in my position. I run a magic company and I mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. do this podcast. And I instruct people on how to do tricks and think about how right. they're performing. And my my whole purpose is to elevate the perception of magic in the public mm. zeitgeist mm-hmm. uh, because magicians in magic are. The stereotype is that they're goofy and they wear ridiculous clothes and, you know... I get that with clowns, too. Yeah. I I just studied clowning and, like, really embraced it. And I feel like there's... Yeah, there's scary clowns. Exactly. It's like... It's it's unfortunate that the really awful, bad versions of it are the ones that are the faces uh, of... I hate to use the word, but they trump the the good stuff. (laughs) Exactly. That's a fitting fitting analogy. (laughs) But, so, my, my problem with that was, like, you know... It is visually stunning. Yes. There's no question. It is absolutely astonishing. Mm-hmm. There's no question. Uh, I don't think it was very magical. Mm-hmm. It seemed highly impossible. But, and I, I've had conversations with magicians where if there had been a little more shade, quote shade, if there had been a little more cover, mm-hmm. so you left open the possibility that he was doing it somehow other than the obvious yeah you know method then it would be a little more magical because magic happens in your mind and not in, in, your, in eyes. your eyes yeah. i yeah. mean obviously you're perceiving the thing in a but it's the deception and like the hiding of things that, it's yeah, yeah it's it's the the misdirection of yeah yeah it, it's the 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 mental battle that somebody has in their mind is like there's no way he could do that blah uh, it's you know that's not only impossible but how did he do it is it you know but like when you see something like that and there's no shade there's no cover you go how did he do that well probably blah 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 yeah that's probably how he did it it's not like I don't know. There's no, yeah, there's no way of, like, there's no thinking about it anymore because he just kind of. It's not. Literally clicks into place rather than keeps you thinking about it. And then I feel like that's the beauty of magic. And that's where I get in on a lot of trails on the internet of just watching magic videos of David Blaine or just even Penn and Teller or David Copperfield. But just of getting on these crazy paths of being like, oh, wow. Like, how are they doing all these things? I'm so fascinated. Well, and those four guys that you named are making magic. Like,. Magic is like sex. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> there's foreplay. Yeah. There's you know like the actual moments, but it's an exchange of 
energy. It's mm-hmm. an exchange. Just like any real performance art. I was just going to say, good entertainment. What he did was not a performance art. It was, hey, I've got this table and some coins, and I'm going to snap my fingers. He's not doing shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... He's like a, a craftsman at that point. He's not a magician. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm going to get so much shit for this. <laughs> but I love that you're expressing your opinion about this, though, because I this is something that I just was and it, it, it stood out in my brain as not being a, 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 a being a non magician, mm-hmm. but having this like seeing this very viral video through America's Got Talent of mm-hmm. like this um, this trick that is it, it, I, like I didn't tangibly recognize it as like it's it kind of stood out as like. A magic, quote yeah. unquote, magic trick. Yeah. It's like, oh, it is a magic that, trick, absolutely. To that, like, extend to like see see that level of like, you know, cause yeah. like you said, like that I'm literally level of, seeing it. That level than, of visual impossibility is yes. stunning and amazing. Yes, absolutely. And so it doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, right. And it also doesn't mean it's good for the art. Mm-hmm. Just because the audience fucking loved it, just because the judges were totally bamboozled, that is irrelevant mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about that. I care about the interaction between the magician and the audience. So the yeah. performer in the audience. I care about the exchange of energy, the sharing of ideas, mm-hmm. the authentic expression of self mm-hmm. from the performer. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about a coin vanishing here and going here. A trick. Yeah. That is irrelevant to me. Magic. <laughs> Did you just like damage your table? <laughs> You're so impassioned by it that you like broke your table. <laughs> I just like, I, it, it's not, it's not magic. It's not magical. It is astonishing. It is amazing. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it's not magic to me. To me, these are just my opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also feel like. Um, I lost my train of thought. Well, I'd be curious with this guy to see what his next step would be. Like, mm-hmm. I never really see beyond the auditions of America's Got Talent anymore, but like that yeah. thing of uh, what his live show would be. And yeah. that's something where, you know, if he is kind of just, I, I imagine he's not a one trick pony, but yeah. to see how he can carry an audience, it's not just this very circumstantial, like, angle thing of like how, you know, like, yeah. given those circumstances. Because in, in a way, he is kind of almost cheating and like, Setting up the bar that like isn't fulfillable, which again I'm sure is like that's an excellent perspective of, perspective of like audience. No, that's an excellent point. Yeah, but like that's that's like what you're saying is like the the heart and like the 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 transitions between the tricks is like more important ultimately for a yeah. live show than like the tricks itself. And Absolutely. I think that's where I even fell into that trap with the beginning of my thing, and that's where I kind of had to retake a step back to find who I am to like bring the artistry of just communicating even yeah for the art form and i I, just i don't let's i want to move on from this soon (laughs) yeah finish your thought though (laughs) but uh yeah the thing like close-up magic Mm -hmm. is supposed to feel real Mm -hmm. right it it doesn't matter to me that he can or cannot do that trick in a real performance that doesn't matter to me what matters to me is that now all the people that saw that video who just, okay, that's that's what that trick looks like. Now when they see a magician in the real world, they're going to go, hey, can you do that thing that I saw on America's Got Talent? And the answer is, the magician's going to say, yeah, I can do it. And then they'll do it and they'll cover because they have to cover. Mm-hmm. And they'll go, well, that's not, I mean, that was cool, but that's not what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I saw the coins go. 
it, it, it it's just like it's it's a misrepresentation of what it is we do. Exactly. And you're absolutely right about the transitions of a live show. Like, and that's the thing about stage, like stage productions, big stage illusions. Like the masters do this really well. Like Penn and Teller and David Copperfield, they mm-hmm. they have this thread. They have a story that you're going on. Mm-hmm. But when when you're not a, a performer when you're not a magician and you're standing there and you're snapping fingers and everything is a seemingly happening by itself there's no performing there so how do you go then to the next effect other than hey i'm gonna rape your eyeballs for an hour yep like that i think it's bad magic right i just don't think it's good magic um so to, to bring... We'll get back to AGT. I'll write it down. But... Oh, don't even worry about it. Yeah. No, I do want to talk about it, though. Uh, one of the things that I think is amazing is a show going on in New York right now called uh, In and of Itself. Huh. And that is magic as fine art. Right. Okay. Is it is it a collective group of magicians? It is one guy. One guy. His name is Derek Delgadio. Okay. And it is... True theater. It is real art. Fine art. And magic is so rarely fine art. Mm-hmm. And even even less than that, are there fine artists in magic? Mm-hmm. Derek is one of them. And mm-hmm. he's doing a fucking phenomenal show. That's awesome. Uh, and I'm only speaking to that show. There are other people doing other shows that I'm sure are amazing. And I've heard really good things about them. Yeah. I just haven't seen them. But mm-hmm. I can speak personal experience based on my opinion that Derek's show is is fine art and that is what magic could be because it, it, he's he's up there talking you haven't seen the show but he's ta- he's up there talking about himself uh-huh. he's sharing these stories uh about himself <clears throat> and magic happens during the show mm-hmm. but it's not blah 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 trick. magic trick blah 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 magic trick it's like i'm talking illustration of point through impossible thing in so far that the goal of the show is that you as an audience member think about your life differently, think mm-hmm. about your expression of self differently, think about your identity differently. And the world. And the world. And science in that matter, too. Yeah. By, by exploring yourself and understanding yourself, you understand the world mm-hmm. much differently. Much differently. More openly. More openly and just better. In and of itself, I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm yes. gonna write that down. Yeah, that's that's cool. It's uh, it's that the next step I'm trying to take is just even find a way to uh, to create a, a more full length show and to make it not just like trick talk trick talk. Yeah. yeah. Tune tune tune. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my case, I guess music. And, uh, <laughs> but like in a way that it's like in, and to not just do also, a song, you know, yeah. to do like something that's more of a visual storytelling element or yeah. interactive. I think. Audience there's also something yeah. to that because I mean you go to a concert mm-hmm. and it's song 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 yeah but, but there's like visuals to it and there's mm-hmm. but that's like you're invested in musician you're invested in the band you get the what it is they're thing. doing yep right so that's something that magicians certainly don't think about is like when people go see a concert they know who they're going to see generally yes and they're already on board they already know the stuff they mm-hmm. are huge fans they like the way that the singer or front person or band expresses themselves because there's emotion there it's authentic mm-hmm. 
magicians, probably nobody knows who you are, so you have to address that. Yeah. And they're not going to be into a performance unless they understand why you're doing it right. to express yourself and not just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we I, I, I brought that thing up for you then. I'm so, like you needed a vent. I'm glad we let that out. Uh, yep, yep. And this is this is really exercising that thing I was talking about where I gotta be okay with it. Because that's what it is. I don't wanna I'm not I'm not gonna edit myself or censor myself. No. Even though I probably should. <laughs> it's a, I mean and I feel like that it's so um, it's a good reminder, though, to, to see stuff like that and to get frustrated by that because then it shows what you're passionate about and what you truly care about. Yep. And that's, I think, um, I think that's, uh, I, I, I love it when I, like, I, I love it when I cry or get, like, angry in a day because then I'm like, yeah, I had a good day. Like, I had, had some, like, a nice variety of emotions, like, a whole yeah. spectrum. And, yeah, you just, I feel like, again, you just kind of stay more open to the world and sensitive because I feel like I'm getting desensitized by like technology and yeah that's where it, like i kind of took a break from youtube as well just because it it's desensitizing to be on the internet for too long mm -hmm. you're being present in the moment yeah and allowing the real experience of humanity to yeah run exactly that's where i get and that's where i get such joy is street performing and i i just started an ice cream scooping job and i fucking love it because i'm just i'm literally just present with the people and it's it's good practice for me mm -hmm. to like stay present and i feel like it's carrying forward to my my art and stuff and it's just it's it's so f it it's it's so it's weird to say it's fun to be human it's fun to like be with people but it really is much more than just making a, a trickery <laughs> snap video thing on the internet that could get millions of views yeah so yeah so wild so then um hmm. i had a i had a follow-up question too and i already forgot it <laughs> this this podcast is gonna be so entertaining because we're gonna have like some like really awesome deep conversations and then just like silence. We're like, yeah, well, well yeah, okay. <sighs> well, so what did you want to talk about AGT? Oh, because you did you audition for? I did. I okay. did back in 2010, and and back then it was very much a it was more about like the reality TV show than the talent. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of hit on this before in other things, but it's just. Yeah, like I, I had no real interest in going back or doing it um, because, yeah, I just didn't feel like it was my cup of tea. And I also wasn't ready. Like I just wasn't. Like it, it, would, it was that thing of like I would have like maybe gotten up in the show if I had one, for instance. Like I didn't have a show or the talent back then or the, 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 the tools in my arsenal to make it a full like artistry type of event. And um I think I still am like developing that for myself as a performer and artist, but it's um, just fascinating with AGT because it's, um, and this is where I'm just kind of curious about your impression about that as well, because it's something like that video probably has like hundreds of millions of views now on yeah. Facebook and YouTube alike. Mm -hmm. And just that level of exposure just from like kind of a one audition type yeah. of thing. Well, here's, here's where I will give him props is he also sells magic. And it's under it's kind of under his name, oh. and so when people now Google his name looking for that clip, they see his business, mm -hmm. and there you go. You know, so I, I give him props for for gaming the system. I yeah. just wonder, and that's but that's like the issue I have with that too is that it's like a one-off thing. 
Like he might move forward, he might not. But like even the most, except for I just think of like Terry Fader. Like he was season two, but there's other uh, winners from the show that like did not go on to like do anything, like yeah. or get the like that continued level of exposure. Mm-hmm. That I it it it's difficult for me because it's it's, a, it's such a one off thing that like a lot of those people like get all this fame for one week, if yeah. if not just even the one day, and then. They're just like shoveled off to the ground and then it's like, yeah, now what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, I've had, I've had friends that have been on the show mm-hmm. and I mean, people that have done this podcast and, so, you know, Piff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. Piff. You yeah. Interview Piff. Yeah. It's my third episode. <laughs> I was so happy that he was on, uh, I, cause I did a gig in Vegas and I was driving in and saw a billboard for him and I was like, Piff. His show is great. For you. It's good really for you. funny. Yeah. 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 He's from England? No. Yeah. 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 And that's where I really respect, like, someone like Tapeface. Uh, Puddle's Pity Party just went on as well. It's like, the people that have an established, uh, uh, like, idea of, like, who they are as a performer. And yeah. even, like, an established show yeah. to then go on and, like, use that exposure to then get more fans so they could travel and actually have, like, packed houses. Yeah. I absolutely admire it for that reason. But, like, it's abysmal otherwise for like the people who and this is where like it was a trapping for me it was like to it's like that as a launch way ticket yeah launching pad to fame that like anyone can practically earn or not even earn just get yeah. <laughs> without having that the follow-up to then continue with that success yeah so it's um it's a and it's it's not more of just like is this like morally right or not but it's just like it's just an interesting thing for me to think about yeah you did because I because uh, this is a funny story. We'll get back to the uh, we'll get back to the funny story. Just some, r- remind me, Terry Fader. Actually, I'll just write it down. Uh, but <laughs> Terry Fader, I'll remind you. Well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I nobody remembers. This is a fancy pen. I'm sorry. I need to acknowledge this for a second. Is this like is it like a okay? It's a screw top. First of all, that's yeah. fancy. It's like the size of one finger. What well, screws onto the bottom now? Is it? The what? cap screws onto the bottom. <gasps> what? And now it's double the length. What? So, but is this like one of those like dipping type of pens? Like it's got like the. It's pen, got ink in tip. it, but yeah, it is a fountain pen. Feel free to write. A fountain pen. Other way, upside down. Oh, oh upside down. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. I don't want to. I don't want to waste it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Such a visual thing to be fascinated by when there's a, it's an audio only podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the you don't hear about. 90% of the people. I mean, it was the same thing with, uh, um, what was that? What was that singing show that was a big deal for a long American time? American Idol? Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> they're bringing so it back. It's back. Um, they like did a whole like send off thing and now they're back. <laughs> but what, so what is the point of American Idol and The Voice and AGT? Oh, they're altogether? all just competing. X Factor. Yeah. X, yeah. Okay. So it's hilarious too because people will get them mixed up online. And so people are like, Kent, you need to go on, uh, or Snubby J, you need to go on an X Factor. I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a singing show. <laughs> but I mean, it's the same thing for all those people. I mean, mm-hmm. a few winners went on to do amazing things and some of the winners didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, uh, Adam Lambert is touring with fucking Queen. Queen. How cool is Kelly that? Kelly Clarkson came through that as Kelly well. Kelly Clarkson? Ruben Studdard. Ruben Studdard? That's exactly who I was talking about! And then Clay Aiken went on to be like a goddamn congressman. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. He's still my favorite. I was yeah. team Clay from the beginning. I even saw uh, Chris Daughtry. Do you remember that guy? He was like... Yeah, the, the country like guy. Country rocker guy. Yeah. I was 
really impressed with his stuff. He, I mean, I thought he kind of fell off the bandwagon, but uh, I think he's like he's you know lower. It's not like a national success anymore. But yeah. he was doing a, a gig in Vegas at a pool party, like a big pool party. And yeah, so yeah. I was like, good for him, like to keep doing. He's working doing his thing. Right? Yeah, working yeah. and probably has a family he's focused on too. But yeah, um, and that may be what his authentic expression of self is. He's exactly, like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's a th- it's, a, it's the same thing with AGTs. It's like it can't be your launching pad. Mm-mm. I mean, it could obviously, but it's so much better to do those really high profile things. As a person who's never fucking done it, I'm yeah. so full of shit. No, but it's but like uh, you know you you need to have something else going on that benefits from this thing mm-hmm. that is a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so true. It's true. I because I. <laughs> It's, it's so ironic. I don't know why I just brought it up too. Because like I actually, uh, what's the word? I'm I, um, I'm guilt I'm guilty of of this myself. I just auditioned for the Gong Show, and I'm going to be on it this summer. I don't Did know what the Gong this? Show is. No, the Gong Show is. is basically like America's Got Talent in the '70s, and it was like three judges, and they would have oh, mainly just zany acts though. Like it wasn't yeah. ever like talented people. It was just like <laughs> somebody would come out with a bag on their head and like tell a stupid joke, or like yeah. this lady with like a hula hoop like dressed up as a clown, and the judges will determine if it's like if this talent is too shitty to like even bear watching any longer to then take a mallet and go hit a gong yeah. and like make it stop. Like that's the whole premise. It's of the kind show. of like booby trap. It's basically like booby trap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but like they don't even get the four minutes. It's like you get 90 seconds and if they can't even last more than 15 seconds, they can just gong you and that's you're off the stage. And so I, um, but I actually heard about it through booby trap. There was a, a gal a producer who came through and, um, I haven't even, this is like my first time talking about it really is, a. uh, but I was, um, yeah, I was approached and I initially just was like, no, this feels, you know, icky and like weird and like, it doesn't feel right. And then I had like two other producers who found my YouTube videos are like, Hey, you should audition. This would be fun. We're doing this new remount of the gong show, uh, uh, produced by Will Arnett. So it's like, you know, big okay, name yeah. on a big network it was going to be NBC and like this whole thing. And um, Will's a funny guy. I trust him. I know. And that's where I was like, okay, that's, you know, I, I could, I could approve. And then, um, uh, and then actually another producer who I went to college with ended up reaching out and I was like, Oh, okay. I know somebody through this. I feel a little more safe. Um, but even like Scott Nair was like, you know, be mindful. Like this is like one of those reality TV shows. Like I don't really take good care of you. It's like a lo- like barely a paid thing at all, but yeah. you know, it is exposure. It's just this nature of a show. It like yeah. could, almost defame you I think yeah and so I uh, went in very cautiously but was really grateful at the audition I ended up seeing some some like kind of idiot comedian type friends in, in the LA area performing yeah. as well so I was like okay I feel like I have a community here yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but it was just one of those it's a that's going to be airing sometime this summer and uh, like maybe even like next week or the following week which oh, is wow. kind of frightening because it's a uh, I did it. I well, I'm not frightened because I did it as this character of mine named Toby in this mask. I have this like Stupino Commedia style mask. It's like ridiculous, and I did it as this character that uh, is playing the pipes and doing it like my typical thing, but like in this very outlandish way. That um, I kind of already have like a little sub joke on my channel that I hired this understudy to do shows for me, and I, I'm gonna joke that he uh, took over and did the show for me without my approval. <laughs> and it's just, uh, 
kind of almost like as a kind of like a, a fuck you to the TV, but like also just like a, a fun little uh, Easter egg for my fans to be like, hey, is that Stubby J on TV? <laughs> um, but like it's that kind of a weird thing of like, oh, okay, this is this could possibly go really viral or like really hurt my. I don't think it's really going to hurt my career, but um, it's it's something I was like, I just I wanted to give it a shot and just see what happens but it's a very kind of vulnerable thing to put yourself out there and for me in this kind of weird character that got like mixed approval from like the judges even because they're like what is you know yeah um i can't i can't i can't tell you all the details you'll have to watch to see you have to watch it but what is or not what is toby who's toby toby is the character it's this just it's very just dumb character that like is really kind of grotesque looking yeah and what's he uh, about what's his backstory he, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I think it's, it's funny because, um, I, I kind of is a, it's a very mysterious character that kind of just showed up for this, uh, audition call of mine and he, um, had the drumming skills and, uh, you know, obviously the presence and interest in, in performing, but he's, uh, got a lot of stage fright and, um, kind of prevents him from being maybe the, you know, the best performer ever. Cause he's just like this kind of creature thing and uh <laughs> but he's really talented at the pipes almost almost the same level as me as you wow. would imagine yeah and so that's where i was just really curious to like let him kind of be unleashed a little bit because there's you know again there's like the sense of like who i am like my snubby jay identity of like this happy go lucky guy to like me as kent who's like more of a mellow just me and then uh toby's just this kind of like the the other spectrum of it is like this very like dumb scared like uh, vulnerable like Snubby J and yeah. um, I don't know it was just kind of it's fun to explore this new type of character but uh, it's it was a thing where yeah like you might like interact with them and you're like I don't know what I think of you but my whole my whole goal with that is just that it's is to have this grotesque weird character that you're like initially superficially you're like I don't think I trust this fellow I don't know what he does but then you see the heart he has the like level of talent that you fall in love with him mm-hmm. and that was my whole intention and goal with doing that show and so we'll see if that comes across for everyone but um, I'm definitely that's like and, and just to add that like artistry level is like to find like the depth of what I can do rather than being like I'm just playing the pipes like look at yeah. this cool thing so it's it's it, but bringing it back is like it's kind of like that America's Got Talent thing. It's like it's gonna be it not the same level of America's Got Talent because it's kind of a you know separate thing. But that'll receive some level of exposure just being on national TV. That now I got to be able to be you know from a very practical professional mindset. It's like so then I have to follow that up. I need to like make sure I retain that audience of people that were interested enough to look up Toby who doesn't even have a Facebook page, doesn't have an Instagram yeah. or any of that, but like to what find do, my work. What you tag, do. Tag my stuff. What? What do I do? What do I do? What you do is you bring back the clone video. Oh, and yeah. And you interview Toby. Yep. Yep. That's the goal. That's yeah. like a new thing. I think I was already thinking about that of like, of having me, uh, I want to like be watching the video or like watch the TV and be like, Toby, what the fuck? Did you go on the TV show without my approval? And he's just in the doorway like, uh. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. <laughs> just like a short little thing just to acknowledge it as a, as a fun thing. So That's fun. Yeah. But I, and that's just where it's like I, I still don't know what I'm doing with anything that I'm kind of going with the flow and taking an offer like that and weighing the, the, the risks versus the, the success from that. But, um, you know, it was a fun one-off thing and 
that's and that was the cool thing. It's not like America's Got Talent. It's like a whole ladder of like trying to win the whole season. Yeah. It's just the one episode of like whether it's gonna you know you do well or not. So. Sure. Yeah. Is there? Do you feel like because there is this community that you've built? Do you feel kind of like? Hold on, let me explain my thought process getting to this question. Sure. Uh, the, you you have the luxury of just performing for yourself. You're doing your art. No, I don't mean like in your room. Right, yeah, yeah, But I mean like yeah. you're doing your art for you uh-huh. and people are receptive to it. Uh, but out of that has come this community. Do you feel kind of like... Uh, mm. like a dad like a father figure like kind of <laughs> trying to set up the good example for the people who are into this kind absolutely of thing like- especially yeah for the other people who have been inspired to do literally the exact same thing with my rimba tubes and that's where how I, do you feel about that by the way that there are others that do it not others that do it but the people that like make your kit and do <laughs> I love it I keep an eye on it obviously I think um, I have a lot more of a like I have a lot more accolade from it that I don't feel in competition by mm-hmm. them. There are others that have like gone on to um, to perform on their like countries got talent shows with my same instrument or like whatever it is, and that's that's like f- fine. I feel like we're building an empire in that way of just like not like almost in a way like just not destroying Blue Man Group, but like showing that it's like you need to keep the pipe instrument. That's goes what beyond this is them. all about. It's, it's all about, about Blue Man Group. <laughs> Getting the like thing back. Ugh. It's so difficult. It's Revenge. so difficult because I'm still <laughs> friends with some of the Blue Men and like some of the actors from them, but yeah. like there's just some that I just don't, I just didn't gel with some of the directors sure. and that's yeah. where it's like half the company. I'm like, yeah, you're so cool. I just want to work with you. And half of them, like, I just can't stand your guts. Like <laughs> it's really fascinating. But, um, no, I, I feel like I'm not intimidated by them. I think it's really, uh, uh, humbling and, uh, gratifying to see others that have gone off to get inspired by my work to do that. But then I have to remind myself to not just fall into the cheap, easy way of like covering a single song uh, that people are wanting to hear because like mm-hmm. also just satisfying that like people will be satisfied and then move on you know like it's not me trying to like keep them in my grasps but like just to to like weigh you know the differences of doing like everything just planning it out and bringing myself out again but um but also doing what i, I what i feel is right what i feel is necessary for the world because mm-hmm. some of it i'm i feel like I'm, i haven't posted as much because i just feel I feel like it's not as not the best thing I could be giving to the world, like the best thing I could contribute. And sometimes I feel like I could, the best thing I could contribute is um, being present with somebody else and like having this, like a deep conversation like we're having or yeah. performing on the street um, or teaching, you know, or like yeah. doing something else. And uh, I, I, and that's where I then, I feel the responsibility as well then to keep challenging the form. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I feel um, excited about doing this this performance because it is something new and different that people haven't seen, and mm-hmm. um, it's a challenge for myself. I have to remind myself, and I, I'm not even connecting the dots until this moment. But it is to find to find a way because we are now becoming the the next frontier of performers and entertainers that like. Oh and, God! You know there is that level of responsibility, <laughs> yeah. and it's weird. But like to 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 take on what what our past people I know, right? But it's it's like thought I've thought about that recently, and so I do, and I feel more like a father. I feel more like a father because I'm I've been teaching I've been teaching dance even at like a local school that a friend of mine just got connected, and he's like, oh, we need a dance teacher pronto. And I'm like, I 
career of dancing. I can do this. And it's like the most difficult job ever. Teaching like a giant group of like, like you know, like 47-year-old kids. Not 47-year-old kids, but <laughs> like a group of seven-year-olds that are in the yeah. quantity of 40. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, to know that they are all as old as my instrument or as old as my YouTube channel. Like they've been only alive as long as I've been doing my art form in a way. Yeah. And so there is that sense of like, oh, okay. I feel more like a father figure. I needed that responsibility to just, just especially with the society of today, of like to be a good role model and show what like um, virtues are necessary to to give compassion and care and love and the patience is the required for that. And yeah. uh, um, that just even goes beyond just the rimbatus, I think, for me. And that's and I, I th- I'm trying to carry that forward through my performance now and what I create. Yeah. I feel like it's very necessary and very vital, especially with defunding of art programs and other things. It's like to not lose that, but to keep keep inspiring and keep pushing forward. Because yeah, because now we are the ones we're you know hopping yeah. on the shoulders of others and exactly, like keep, yeah. keep building that tower. So, so then how do? But you... is that mind blowing for you? Like, do you I feel know, that? Yeah, do you I feel guess, that at all? Yeah, like yeah. to. To yeah. be more of that kind of adult figure. And I've I've <laughs> had that thought before, but I've never like felt it like I did when you were just talking about it. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, yeah, this is like yeah. <laughs> Um It's kinda cool though. And but so then like how do you Cause like okay, so for me I would imagine like this thing that you're talking about, you don't want to just do covers of songs. Right. But but sometimes they do. I well, and fun. that's the thing. Yeah. It's, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is like how much of the – because doing a cover of a song is similar to going on America's Got Talent. Here's mm-hmm. why. You're doing the thing that everybody loves and sees and enjoys the like the quick recognition of it. And they go, oh, that's that song I like. And he's doing it in this cool way. And there's like that thing. So easy. It's so easy, right? But they like it and it keeps them around so that you can then Hit them with sneak the in stuff. the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Hit them with the good stuff. So I like one of the things that I think about is like how much of the gross do I have to do to then like it, it's finding that balance. Mm-hmm. It's finding doing the. I was talking with that juggler from Booby Trap. Uh, he's one of those twin, the twin, not twin brothers, but the brothers. Uh, he's got that kind of act. God, I, he's like. You, I may not have seen him. Possibly not. His I think his Instagram is like Cornelius with a zero. But he he kind of had that whole like he just had like easy kind of tricks and he felt gross from that. But then has found a way to then start redoing those same simple acts, but adding a level of artistry or story or kind of quirky element to it. And I feel like that's what I'm doing lately right now too. I forget which. Did you see me do Bohemian Rhapsody or did you see me do? Yeah, it's. a song like that I love to do because it's it is like a much more grounded song and fulfilling song and it's got all this like these spectrums and I'm singing along with it. I used yeah. to not sing with it and I feel like that brings it into another level. Um, I was also singing. Good. Yes. Yes. That's the goal, <laughs> right? Getting the audience connected in that way. But um, I also do this thing where I just play I play a medley, but I I, I developed a thing for Booby Trap because it felt like right. But uh, to get audiences on a whiteboard, I had like songs written out or like code names like Beatles or Busters and having the audience decide between those two and then working the way down the list so that we have this like so, like like in the moment created set list playlist for me then to like quickly play in that four minute time. Yeah. And it's like to take what I would normally just, you know, pull out a bunch of random songs, but getting, bringing it to this next level of yeah. doing that. And I think 
You've got the audience invested in invested in, in the thing rather than just like listening. Yeah. And so I, I think rather, cause it is so hard to get like the good stuff. Like, I feel like it's hard for me to like extrapolate all the good stuff in me. I think it's just, you know, the fear or the time to like really, uh, invest in like the deep, the depth of some of, uh, my artistic visions. Uh, partly because it just doesn't align with some of the, uh, Snubby J stuff I'm doing, but it's to find a way to rework my old bits so that it can become this more uh, fully rounded thing. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever done that with like, do you have like some set things that you've done, but then you've like, I know we like continue to grow and develop things, but to like really, really rework it so that it becomes something else. Or did you have things from the get go? Like what was your process? Uh, I, I've never really, so I, I got into this, this teaching thing uh, early and I got burnt out from doing the thing that I was doing for fun mm-hmm. as a job while mm-hmm. I was in college. It, like for me, it wasn't uh, fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm getting back performance? to the point. Yeah. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Burnt out from performance? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting back to the point where I want to do it again because now yeah. I'm in like a good place to do it. But um, I found it's a balance for myself. Like I yeah. want to be doing some other things, but then like still entertaining for fun on the side. But that can become, you know, like doing the big gigs, it's like, they come my way, I'll say, yeah. Yeah. Not feeling it's your only thing you have to do. Yeah. But so when I was performing, I was not at the level of uh, thought that I am now about mm-hmm. what I what it is that I do perform. And so when I was doing magic, quote unquote professionally, semi-professionally, I would learn a trick as it was taught and then I would uh, master the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. and then I would uh, rework it so that it fit kind of my style. See my visual style, yeah. Mm. So it didn't feel. Uh, it felt like it was mine, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes you see a magician do a thing, and you go, "That's straight out of the book. That was exactly the way." You know, it didn't. But that was about as much as it it was. And then, but I was always very good at being present and in the moment and interacting. So when I was Mm. busking, and busking is so good for that. Yes. Like you said. So when I was doing these tricks and I made them apparently effortless, and that's always been my goal is to make sleight of hand look effortless. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to interact with the audience and that's when... And again, performance experience is just how you get this stuff. But that's when I was able to like get the really good lines and the funny jokes and like learn how to manipulate, not manipulate people, but manipulate the energy of the crowd and yeah. the people I'm working with. And like, so then it was just, uh, focus the energy. It was, yeah, it was focusing yes. the energy. Uh, it, so like my, my process was very, um, in the moment oriented, but now I'm, trying to put together routines and just playing around with stuff like that and I'm thinking far more about what I would find interesting to watch mm-hmm. and how it would be powerful and meaningful mm-hmm. and I'm also like I know who I am I don't know who my performance character is I know mm-hmm. who it used to be mm-hmm. and it was me and now like do I want it to be me? And if it is me, how do I make that engaging in a way that like, you know, showcases what it is that I am as far as like, right. how, how do I authentically express myself through my magic? So I'm mm-hmm. thinking about that kind of stuff. Um, That's exactly where I'm at though too. And, uh, 
to not just get categorized as like an old wannabe blue man or to just be this high strung energy like snubby J like I'm just playing pipes, playing pipes, playing pipes. But yeah. to have like a grounded like depth to it as well. A complex three dimensional character. Exactly. <clears throat> and I feel like it, you know, being on stage we have to heighten ourselves of to course. a degree. Yep. And to like bring in the audience, it's like this is worth watching. Like this is not human. Like this is not yeah. normal. Like this is a special thing, but to um, take it to that next level. Um, but yeah, I, it's a, it's a, a cool place to be. Like just even hearing you talk, I'm like, huh, like this will be fun to like, it's, it's fun to see and just talk about where we've come so far. But now I can even see like 10 years from now, like what this conversation, like, you know, like is leading to, yeah. it's exciting to be in the process, I think. Yeah. So it's not just about like that result of what it is, but just to keep developing and creating and. Yeah, like just observing others and seeing like what is interesting and what's captivating you and like how you can kind of capture that element, that essence to to use for yourself. Yeah. And it's so important and magicians I look, I blanket statement magicians all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't feel wrong about it. <laughs> but like a, a lot of times, many magicians will not look outside themselves or outside magic for inspiration. They're mm. like, "Oh, who are your heroes? Who are your inspirations? And they name off like the greatest magicians. It's like, okay, that's great. And also boring. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. look, oh, who's, who's your favorite musician? Who's your favorite, uh, you know, actor? Who's your favorite blah, blah, blah. And then why are those people your favorite? What right. about that speaks to you? And then how can you, uh, in turn, uh, take it in and, 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 make it evolve and then put it back out into the world in your own way. Blend it up inside you and then vomit it forth onto your <laughs> Will subjects. it blend? <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back. That, oh, that's what I love about watching uh, like Fool Us even is it's fun to see what um, all like because otherwise I'm not as invested in the uh, the magic community that I don't know other main like I only know the mainstream magicians and like yeah. the random little like America's Got Talent things so that seeing a show like Fool Us and seeing the variety of uh, ways that magicians are trying to push boundaries and um, you know utilize their other interests like whether it's music or uh, mm -hmm. like Japanese art or something like you know yeah, like yeah, to, absolutely. to incorporate that and see if it works or not like it's kind of a cool I'm glad that people are trying to push the boundaries but this is actually this makes me think about how I feel like now do you this is like a, philosoph a philosophical question for you is if you feel like with our current era and the way we've progressed as a society that we've finished exploring the pure elements of everything and that now everything has to be just a, a smoothie blender of things to keep ourselves inspired or interesting or unique. Is there nothing more pure than having an authentic blended expression of ourselves? Yeah. I think that's, I, I mean, that's like, I feel like that, I mean, that's almost like our culture and like America, like America in general too, but just yeah. like becoming this like salad tossing of all these different cultures of cross Pollination, um, pollination, even. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll ever finish exploring, like the, the pushing elements. the limit of a like, thing. It's like okay. we'll never. Yeah, there will never not be somebody trying to beat the limit of what being the greatest trumpet player in the world right. is, and like what that means. Right, 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 right. Or, or like you know. How, how weird can you get? Like, how avant-garde and strange and, like, right. it, 
at what point is what you're doing not considered art anymore and then how do you make that be considered art like mm -hmm. i don't think ever people will ever stop doing that that having that specific goal of like mm -hmm. just trying to push the boundary and push the limit i don't mm -hmm. think we've finished exploring that but it's like the elements of like fire and water and earth and mm -hmm. air it's like you can't like i mean my hope my hope is that we like we stumble across that kind of a thing but in the arts that's like a whole brand new thing because i would love to tap into something like that because like right now i just feel like I keep trying these like blendered things of blendered. Is that a verb now? <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be a word because that's like it was in a blender. It yeah. was blendered, not blended. blended. You could blend. Blendered. You could blend things. You could blend things without a blender with an art brush. Yeah, you yeah. Could just paint. Yeah. Uh, this was this was blendered. It was oh, destroyed. Shit. I want that to be one of the <laughs> new dictionary, like uh, the Webster like dictionary things at the end of the year. I think that. that I think they should like... snarkily tweet it at Trump. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, But that idea of like you know, there's just elemental things that I feel like that our ancestors of the entertaining entertaining world have like captured. Whether it's just like a simple routine, like doing something with a deck of cards rather yep. than like, you know, you know, balls or coins, but like to have like something that's becomes like such a staple thing. Cause like, I find that with even like, like musical instruments, it's like there's piano, there is like a trumpet. Yeah. For me, it's like, I'd love to make rimba tubes or PVC instruments, like a staple thing. Cause it's, it's such a unique thing, but it's to, to not just make that like, uh, a, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I, it's something I've thought about because then I just feel like I'm always just trying to make new concoctions of flavors and blends. But you're trying my, to find a new flavor. Like, I think it'd just be fun to have a new, full-on new ingredient too. Like I don't, and like it means nothing. And then like the world just wants more interesting dishes. But to like be like, hey, check out boba. Look at this brand new thing. What is this? And like to see if it works. You know. Yeah. So it's not just like recycling and like recombining old things, but to really discover something that's never been seen mm -hmm. or heard of. Like, well, I don't know if that's like, possible. I mean, yeah. When, I mean, I feel like we've discovered so much as it is. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I think it's really hard now to discover something that can't be categorized. Right? Keep talking. <laughs> okay. I'm not following yet. <laughs> well, okay, so like, there's, uh, there's like, you know, we've only explored like 5% of the ocean or whatever. There's right, so much right, stuff right, that right. we haven't discover that is its own brand new thing mm -hmm. but you go oh it's it's still a fish mm -hmm. you know or we come up with this new musical instrument and you go oh well it's still a percussion instrument oh it's mm -hmm. still a string instrument right it's still it a category you know yeah so i don't like uh, i i'm not gonna say it's impossible but i can't imagine which is kind of the point right you mm -hmm. can't imagine is that you could you could find something that had that can't be categorized unless it is a blend of of everything because right. that's because when you hear somebody go oh i i have no i can't describe it to you it's usually yes. a blend of a bunch of different things right and we can't categorize it because it fits it's so in, unique in that way yeah. Yeah. yeah so then that's where you get the into the weird the weirdness self-completing circle <laughs> Like Piff. <laughs> can't describe that. What is he? He's, it's a he's, dragon? He's like a magic he's like a magic dragon. There's a dog, but Yeah. He but he's also a dragon. He's also so there's a dragon. like interspecies dragon. And he's kinda of magical too. But. Yeah. 
Have you seen the the Piff deck of cards? No, is there? I have one. I'll show it to you in a little while. I want after the. After I want a Snubby J deck of cards. There's a Blue Man deck of cards. God damn I bet it. it's awful. <laughs> They're pretty cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming back. You're welcome. Oh, my Terry Fader story. Oh, please. When I was in middle school. Oh. He came to my school. Yeah. And he did his Michael Jackson impersonation. And it was <laughs> the greatest thing I'd ever seen. That's so good. I feel like I that's that's where I have so much respect. I read his book and he like did did all this stuff for like thirty years before he was on America's Got Talent. Yeah. I um yeah, I've read like it, it, even like the um Guy Le Liberté, the Guy Le Liberté, the founder of Cirque du Soleil. I read his book as well, and just like the origin stories for those kind of like those great top top entertainers. Now yeah. it's really kind of fun to see. Like, oh yeah, we're kind of in that same spot. Like we're just yeah, figuring yeah. out what we're doing, we're just trying shit out, just banging it out. And that's the thing is like, there's no overnight success. No, it's you know, there's like moments of that, but it's not. Well, yeah, true, there is a moment where longevity. you become. Uh, known, but like you, you didn't just go from having no talent to all of a sudden being incredibly right, talented. Right? No, right. that takes that takes time, <laughs> practice. And yeah, I think I feel like overnight success is a measure of uh, change, like a delta. It's like mm. you were you've never done anything, and now you're an Oscar nominated person in right. your first film. It's like okay. That's that. That's like that's a that's a delta. That's what people consider overnight change. Right. But even that person still like did theater school and and studied blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Whatever, mm-hmm. You know. So. Mm-hmm. Out there and just wake. Yeah, they didn't literally just wake up out of a <laughs> like a, a sealed off tube for 25, 30 years, and then they're like, I am now a great actor. <laughs> oh my god! If only. Yeah. But that what a sad life if that was. I mean, I think that's I'm embracing the journey so much more now. Is like so enjoying important. just like yeah, like little steps along the way and like learning a new thing or trying out a different performance venue. Yeah. Whatever it is. I feel like that's almost more fun than just like the thought of doing like a single show. Just every How did you time. have the realization that enjoying the <laughs> realization? <laughs> Right now, I just realized. Right now, <laughs> what did I realize? <laughs> no, but what? I mean, like, it, you had it's a conscious decision to be present and to uh, enjoy the process. And yes, when did you start doing that? Mm-hmm. When were you like, okay, this sucks, but I can still enjoy it for what it is. I can still be present because there is like a that's a transformation moment oh for sure when you open up Uh uh-huh uh-huh i i honestly owe it to my physical theater school the del arte international because that's what they're all about like day one it was a we had this exercise (laughs) i loved this school we would spend monday mornings out in like nature doing yoga or like running around or stretching or playing games doing tumbling or whatever like either out of the ocean or in the forest, like just the na- that <laughs> the nature of doing those those kind of days out in nature, like it forces you to be present because you're like, oh, I'm not in a classroom. I'm literally rolling around on sand right now and there's like a wave coming at me and could kill me. <laughs> like it's pretty fascinating. But it was this day one exercise of uh, called falling into the abyss. And what we would do is we would stand on one end of the room, like open out our arms, almost like <laughs> Jesus style. And then... 
and then allow our body, like just stare out straight into the horizon and then allow our bodies just to fall and to find that moment where like you've, you've gone into like hell. Like you see your eyes, like you're like still looking out straight, but then you like, you duck down below to the point where you're like, I need to catch myself. Like I can't yeah. just keep my arms out. I can't just stay this plank, but to then like allow yourself to kind of hit that like moan of like hell to then, but then to not succumb to that, mm-hmm. but then to rise out of it and like catch yourself and like run forward and like take that breath and be like, Oh, Okay, I am still alive. It's like that, I, I, you know. Yeah. Like there's so many different forms of doing that, but just that pure essence of a thing. And then um, just remembering like, okay, you can't just like stay in this standing position forever and you can't just fall and just collapse because otherwise you're just dead. Like you're done. But to find that beautiful sweet spot of like pushing the boundaries, being in this risky spot, being vulnerable and then finding the courage the drive and the passion to rise out of that and continue forward and be like, wow, I just experienced that. I think that kind of represents what that whole year was for me. And like mm-hmm. every day was a, some kind of essence of that, whether it was like a performance or whatever, that that challenged me to not just live in YouTube, to not just live in, behind the screen as a you know filmmaker or even a stage manager for theater shows, but to really keep pushing myself to be out there open and vulnerable and I think I always kind of subconsciously was like doing that ever since like Blue Man didn't work out like trying new things and doing it in college you know just being around people that are in that same that same mindset too but that school is particularly to have that like like this international community of artists all wanting to train and better themselves to like have a specific uh, challenge like that every day to like be like oh okay I'm here I'm present that like, it just kind of got me in that routine of like, okay, I need to, I need to, <laughs> I need to stay present. Like yeah. the world calls upon it and it's necessary. Do you and still, I, yeah, go ahead. I feel like it's, I feel like everyone needs to do that. Do you still do that exercise? I did it again recently. And it's, it's usually when I'm like talking about it for someone like, oh yeah, like there's this crazy exercise. I'll do it again. And it's, it's beautiful. It's worth trying it. Yeah. It yeah. sounds amazing. You'll have to try it after this. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> we'll go outside and we can do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I uh, I don't remember when that moment was for me. I think it happened gradually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and the, the, the host of the podcast had similar experiences to mine and he was talking about it in such an open way. What podcast? Uh, you Made It Weird. That sounds like a cool podcast. It is a cool <laughs> podcast with pete holmes he's a comedian it's under the nerdist network pete holmes yeah that's like a musician youtuber guy no that's peter holmes i think actually i don't know <laughs> i'm a really bad youtuber i don't know like anyone in the youtube and there are always people who are always messaging me like are you gonna be at the youtube convention i'm like when <laughs> oh i'm in oregon i can't sorry <laughs> you know, it's, it's, i'm a bad i'm a bad youtuber but yeah but i i also agree though i don't think it's an overnight thing either it's something you yeah. have to cultivate and like gradually build up yeah. to you kind of wake up to it almost. Mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. when you're in a really deep sleep and then you sort of start to become conscious and yeah. then you open your eyes and it's like like a little kind of constant reminder it's like you have to keep keep scaring you i i like the phrase of like do one thing every day that scares you yeah even if it's a little thing like oh uh, i should go say hi to that neighbor like and like meet that person 
or uh, send that email. All right, I gotta make a Father's Day card. <laughs> like I got <laughs> like that, like that, like not like a scary thing, but it's just like, oh shit, I gotta do that. Like I gotta yeah. make the time and make that happen. So it's yeah. it's like little things even, but taking those steps sometimes to to grow because otherwise you're just stagnant and then you just are a dead plant. Yeah. <laughs> No one wants a wilted leaf in their life. Oh, gross. <laughs> it's so sad. Look at it. It needs some water. Um, I feel good. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel good. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I've, I've hit the, the depth, too. It's, it's beautiful. There's a little bit of a lightning round. Oh, lightning round. Lightning All right. Round. Waking up. All right. I'm here. Let's do it. I'm present. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite book? I don't read too much. Okay. I... Um, but like the first ones that have come to mind were ones I was talking about recently, like um, uh, oh, Art and Fear. It was, it was a book I read in, in college. Art and Fear. There's also a really good uh, Neil Gaiman. Did you ever see his talk, that commencement speech talk? He talks about like art for students. No, I haven't seen it's, it. Uh, Make good art. It's called it's a speech, and he has it. There's a book form of it as well. And it's just like beautiful fonts. I like that book as well. It's very like silly, colorful, like almost childhood book style. But yeah, I don't, I don't read enough. What's your favorite book? I don't know. <laughs> Damn you. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not, a, yeah, I don't know. I've never answered. I've never even thought about the, what my answer would be. Um, So that's the difficult thing with reading for me, though, because then I, I, I love it. As yeah. soon as I get entranced in a book, it's like it's wonderful. But to, to sit down and then to like focus in on that, I can't do that at night. I'm going to fall asleep. I can't do it uh, all often during the daytime. But if I find like an afternoon where I'm like, I've done everything else, like everything else feels good in the world, like I'm not feeling like I'm needed elsewhere, then I'll take that self-indulgent time to like sit down and actually read something. Yeah. And it's very few and far between those opportunities. Yeah, just too bad. Uh, I have actually. I think uh, my favorite book might be Glenn O'Brien's "How to Be a Man." Oh, yeah, I've heard of that title. Yeah, it's a guide to uh, a guide to behavior and style for the modern gentleman. That's cool. <laughs> and it's all so Glenn O'Brien was the style guy for GQ for many years. He just okay. recently passed away, but um, he is such an eloquent, pithy sarcastic funny uh just amazing writer who has this incredible inclusive while being subversive point of view that uh -huh. it just the book itself is and the chapters are real short and sweet and like chock full of gold it just is amazing and so like it's one of those books that i can go to and open it up to a, any chapter and get something out of it and go, oh, I'm a better person now for having read that. Mm. See, that makes me uncomfortable. The title, actually, like, because it's just that, 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 that was something I felt like I had, I was growing up, I'm like, I need to be a man, like, I need to be, and that's where I'm glad it's maybe sarcastic or ironic. Exactly. Or, but, like, and that's, still just being a good person. I'm, yeah, because I'm totally with you, because yeah. I don't like the idea that someone else can tell you how to be what they think you ought you to are, be. Yes. I hate that. Yeah. And that's, it is kind of like, how to be a man. It's like, Figure it out. You know, that's basically what it is. <laughs> like, here's, here's like the way to do things well, mm -hmm. but you don't have to do these things. Mm. It's like, this is, you know, it's like when you go to a dinner party, here's how you, you know, eat. Here's mm -hmm. what the things to do and stuff like that. It's like, 
good tricks and things to just be a good human being. Yeah. Rather. Okay. Yeah. And it's also like his, it's also so from his point of view mm-hmm. that like the, the chapter on body hair is, it's just fun and funny. And he's like, you know, shouldn't, you shouldn't trim any of your hair on your body. It's like, of course, you know, that's up to you. That's totally to a real man. Yeah. Give me a hairy motherfucking beast. Yeah. And he's like, unless you're losing your hair and then you should shave everything. It's like, it's like a very, it's tongue in cheek. It's, it's almost like a satire I love that. of, yeah, I love it's, that. it's phenomenal. I, I really love yeah, it. Yeah. I would and, have to check that out. And it's also really good practical information from somebody who is incredibly stylish mm. and cultured. And, right. Right. You know, right. Yeah. Artistically. Inclined. I think I've I've never like it's so funny to hear that again though because like I, I it's something that I hadn't ever since I dropped Blue Man which was through my school like I had to like just let that go. I even had a bonfire where I, I burned Snubby J paddles because I was like I need to like lose my identity of Snubby J like I had to kill Snubby J to be just myself and like recultivate that. Yeah. But like Blue Man like that fucked my perspective of like I need to be a blue man. Like I need to look a certain way, be a certain type. I need to be athletic. I need to be this tall, all these unrealistic goals that just like weren't me. And like, yeah. that's, that's where I like just hearing that title. I was like, Ooh, taking that in, like that makes me sensitive. I'm like, I need to be a blue man again. Like I need to be a man. Like what, yeah. what does that mean? When it's just like, yeah, yeah. we're all just, we're all men, yeah. women, and things in between. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. So that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is so it yeah it is a I, it's an aggressive title because it's meant to be for people that would be into that and right. then, like subvert and, and get in there and good yeah uh, where's your what phone? a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why it's like, I kind of, I'm figuring out the podcast. This is, you'll be the 56th episode. It actually okay. will go out later today. Cool. Um, cause I've been a naughty boy and have been behind. Oh, behind. Um, but yeah, I'm figuring we're talking about out, like Father's like, Day and other recent things. It's good to get it out. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, a month from now. But I, yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of figuring out like where, where like what feels natural and like where to go, and also mm. the lightning round is like, oh, it's a lightning round. But I never say answer as fast as you can. I don't put any guidelines on it because like the lightning round will go for another half hour. Sometimes. You know, it's <laughs> that like, is great. It's yeah. like whatever. Like I don't care. That's that's the point of it. Is like you know, yeah. Okay, we're we're finishing up, and then back yeah. down the ramp. <laughs> back down the ramp. <laughs> you know, it's fun. Uh, what's your favorite place to escape to? Probably nature. Yeah. <laughs> or the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's my favorite. It's a guilty pleasure to go on the internet and then just dive down that rabbit hole. I I love having that moment though, where I'm like, like watching, there's this great video of like Billy Mays time, like Billy Mays, like that's the title. It's like Billy Mays. And then just like this, all these random letters. And it's literally 16 different videos of Billy Mays commercials all playing at the same time, but they all start with, hi, Billy Mays here. (laughs) And then he goes down this crazy mess. And like, I love finding something ridiculous like that. And be like, yep, I'm done. I need to go outside. (laughs) But yeah, going for like a jog outside or like being in this beautiful nature, you know, natural place. um, Sometimes just being alone with that too is like really fun to just be like, Oh, I'm going like curious staying curious and staying like just exploring. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite places. Does that come from being from Portland and from like, not from Portland? Cause I, man, I grew up such like a recluse and such a sensitive person. Like I like, 
would like hurt myself like going outside <laughs> just like easily <laughs> like that that i think um through you look like you sunburn easily too i, I know it's so white right <laughs> i have to put on sunscreen oh my god not as bad as my sister thankfully but i think uh, del arte as well just like being out in nature so much like it allowed me to embrace that and that's something i've taken with me yeah um Otherwise, I, would, I mean, yeah, being from Portland, you would think, like, <laughs> just naturally just be in the woods and all that. But uh, I've embraced it more and more, being older and not as scared of nature. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Uh, so <laughs> what is your favorite song to play? PVC4. What is that? It's the Blue Man Group. That's, and that's, like, my gut response always to say, but it's, it's a song that, like, got me interested in playing the PVC Pipes. And I have my own just like one man rendition of it. But like, that's also something like I remember um, like failing on a test in college and like went to my room and just like played that song and just like let my heart go out with that. And um, it's just so, it's so beautiful and simple, but like really rocks out by the end that I think that's my favorite song to play. Even though like it's fun to play Crazy Train, it's fun to play Pirates, but like that's like, that's like, that brings me back to my roots. Yeah. That's cool. Where's your favorite venue you've done? Ooh. It can be Third Street. It can be... I play... uh, Played a gig at the Electric Lodge recently. That's in Venice. um, Just off of Abbot Kinney. And um, it's this nice black box theater. They get a little dance room space as well. But I did this really fun show for this community that had a unplug event where they just, everyone had to turn in their phones when they walked into the door mm-hmm. and everyone was just present with us. And it was just this like really kind of stripped down thing. Everyone was hanging out in the theater and like other acts were happening. And then I had this really like, it's like probably one of the best shows I've ever had. It was a 20, 20 minute set with um, my two really good theater friends. Yeah. And they supported me with doing um, an original song, doing my medley with the board, doing Bohemian Rhapsody and then finishing off with this like big like dance party to, um, uh, lion sleeps tonight and it's a uh, it's a video that i kind of had a um i wasn't allowed to have and so i can't i'm not allowed to post it on youtube i have it on youtube as an unlisted link and like like secretly incorporated one of the videos into a playlist of mine recently for my 10th anniversary yeah so some people have seen it and like but like if the if that like got posted and i like tagged it properly and like the you know the owners of the event like it was kind of like this corporate gigs where it's like, I signed a contract. I'm not allowed to share videos of this, but like, I was just so proud of that event that I'm like, all I want to do is just sh- like share this with the world. Yeah. Um, that was probably one of my favorite venues just for the simple, like it was a big, big crowd, you know, but like really intimate and like really fully rounded and everyone just felt like a part of this big celebration. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Where do you go next? What's the what's next? First Next day. for me. Yeah. I mean, what's literally, next what's Kent? next? I have a gig on Saturday. It's for a charity concert at LMU, mm-hmm. uh, my alma mater. And uh, otherwise, going home to Portland, and then I'm I'm hoping, like, long term wise, is to do some more like college kind of gigs and stuff. But just to keep pushing the boundaries of what is capable of doing my life show and what I can incorporate beyond just the Rimba tubes and incorporate more of me and incorporate more audience interaction. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's what I'm curious about right now, but still being grounded here in LA doing my teaching, my ice cream job, my, my other music and theater stuff as well. And I think all of those together keep inspiring me and keep me feeling, um, 
uh, excited about life, really. Yeah. That's great. That's what's next. At least for now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep following that momentum, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's what I, I, I get on these little tracks of momentum, and it's, it's, it's good to follow on that. Right on. Is that it? Is that the lightning round? That's it. We did it. Double high five. Yes! Hell yeah. We killed it. How long was that? 154. 154? Almost two, two hours. hours. We, we did, did it. it. We did it. Gosh. Thank you so much, man. Well, you. okay, there is... So how do we end this? There is one okay. final question. Oh, shit. And I ask it to magicians, and I hope you have a story. Oh, okay. But it is... Uh, when was the hardest time you've ever been fooled? Fooled? Oh, shit. Yeah. Man, as soon you as you said story, I thought of a story of like when I vomited on stage as a blue man Ooh, in high school. Oh, tell me that. I and that was really that. fun. But no, no, no. That's like, it, I just, I literally, I, when was nobody the hardest time it. you yeah. ever vomited on stage? <laughs> I've done it twice now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was <laughs> hardest time. Wait, what was the question? Hardest time I've been fooled? Yeah. By a magician. Or not by even by a magician, magician or just, just in like, general. Yeah. Like a comedian friend of mine said that the hardest time he was ever fooled was seeing Louis C.K. do the same joke twice. Because the first time he like stumbles in the joke and he's like, ah, I don't know why I said that. And then he saw him again the next night do the same joke, make the exact same mistake. And he was right. like, oh my Holy God. Shit. It totally blew his mind. Yeah. It's funny how uh, we have those kind of tricks as performers, right? Damn. I definitely have that. At, at the show. Are you just even simple questions? Somebody will ask me like, oh, how many, uh, how long did it take for you to build your instrument? I'm like, ooh, uh, about like two to three months over the summer with my dad. That exact thing. I say it exactly the same way every time. Mm -hmm. I like take a second. I think about it. I break it in and I'm like, ah, it's about two to three months over the summer with my dad. (laughs) And that's what it was. But like, it's just funny. It's funny. Like we, we have to find a way to make things that we say a thousand times sound fresh. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. All right. Fooled. I mean, things that come to mind were like Bo Burnham's special. Like he's got that what Special and I just fucking love that so much from so many like perspectives. I was gonna ask you about Bo Burnham after the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we can talk about Bo Burnham. Like he like just like, even like the moment of like him ripping off his pants and having another pair of pants in there. Like what? What's <laughs> happening here? It's so so beautiful. Um, it's tough because his newer one, I think you know he was developing all this new material and then he's also in this state. Like you could see in his newest, I think it was like, the, he's like dressed up as a clown. He's kind of sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Smile. I, I forget what the tour is called. Make happy. Make happy. Thank you. Like it was not as strong of a work, but I loved the poignancy. It's just like the Miley Cyrus, the Britney Spears, like going in this phase of like, huh, I've been doing this since my like, you know, late teens yeah. and like entertaining and entertaining. Like what is my life? What am I yeah. doing anymore? And he performs an existential crisis. Exactly. And I feel like I've been doing that recently and not recently, but I'm like coming out of it. I'm yeah. Like finding the, just the, <laughs> like, it's like accepting, accepting the, the longevity of life and like the trajectory of everything. But, um, yeah, I think that, <laughs> that fooled me. I, I, I can't think of anything. I get fooled in other little ways occasionally, but I always get embarrassed. It's definitely like something I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be fooled. Damn you. I like it when it's a magic trick. I'm like, oh, that's, that's so amazing. Like I kind of try to think of it. Um, yeah. But 
but to like get uh, tricked, you know, that's yeah. not. I, I I never like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Like if this whole time there was like somebody behind <laughs> behind us, like just like with a knife, like I'd be like, damn you, like two hours you didn't tell me about that. That's, yeah, that's being tricked. I think it comes back to the respect. I, I don't think. like pranks. Pranks, exactly. Pranks. That's what I mean. Like I don't I don't like getting pranked. Yeah. Um, Oh, but, like, my roommates the other day just surprised me with, uh, like, um, a birthday cake, like, in the morning. Because, like, I'm, I'm leaving in a week and I, my birthday's the following weekend that they, like, had a little, like, pre-brunch surprise Aww. thing for me. So, I was like, that that's a fun surprise. Like, I don't get that too often. So, um, but that's not a fool. And that's not a prank. But, yeah. What's yours? Uh, I was at the Magic Castle and... Oh, I, there's another quote. What what uh, advice would you give to magicians? Oh, yeah, to not take yourself too seriously, right to on. not to, to not get stuck in that one track of like what magic has to be, but to really kind of keep pushing the boundaries and incorporate more because that's what I'm trying to find for myself, and I've always been inspired by is is something that's out of the ordinary. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Uh, so when I was fooled, uh, I was at the Magic Castle and. There's a magician there from China, and he was doing this coin magic that was uh, it, it, it was the exact expression of what I think when I say magic should should sleight of hand should feel effortless should look mm-hmm. and feel effortless. He's like the epitome of that mm-hmm. in that moment, right in front of me, doing things that I know how to do and do myself so naturally and so perfect that it felt. Like it couldn't be anything but actually really happening. Wow, it was it was amazing. That I mean, just hearing about the effortlessness makes me think. I was at the Magic Castle a year ago, from like probably today. Um, friend did it for my <laughs> little pre birthday surprise, and uh, there was a, one of my favorite acts there. Um, well, there was a guy that did like um, the mind illusion kind of stuff. I read what that that form is called. Mentalism. Mentalism. He did some mentalism, which was astonishing. But then also there was a this gay comedian from New York that mm-hmm. came in who's Jewish, and he was just hilarious. Was his name Harrison Greenbaum? I don't remember because he's not gay. <laughs> oh, is he not? That's he's even funnier if he's not. Oh I my know. god! And but that's his whole thing is like he. You can play it, like yeah. That, but he's not. I, he was he was the comedian I was talking about that I asked, and he said Louis C.K. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> he did, but he did the he just this like the whiteboard trick. Is that him? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was that was amazing. He was like that that kind of bigger theater, and I yeah. I loved that like that whole act because he was just so flamboyant and fun and just yeah. out there and but like really talented and but made it easy and made it fun and interactive with the audience. It felt mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah, we talked about it on his episode. That specific trick is he's playing a game with himself that the audience is not privy to. Because when he's asking people like what did it what to name an item and to say how much it was, yes, he's playing an improv game in his head where he's picking people and trying to find ways that he can connect these people. Like this guy does this thing and this guy well those things that work together. You guys should meet up. And then he's like doing this whole mm. game. Nobody even is aware that he's doing it. Yeah. It's not a part, but like. It just bring it makes the performance so much more. But that element of incorporating improv with the magic was yeah. so fresh and so exciting for me that like that's that's what I kind of get back to challenging the magicians to yeah. like to find that thing the thing that you're good at you know mm-hmm. and challenge yourself to get better at everything as well. Yeah. 
Well, thanks. Cool. We did it. We I'm made surprised. It to two hours. I, I have to say, I'm surprised by how much magic I know too. <laughs> and funny enough, that was after my first audition for Blue, second audition for Blue Man. I was like, I just need to give everything up and just become. What like I would just like I need to go back to my roots and think of like what it is that I do and what I want to do and magic like <laughs> like I just remember being fascinated with magic as a kid as well. I was like I gotta get into magic and I never did. Yeah, but, but I I still okay. appreciate it and get entertained by it constantly. So yeah, it's so cool. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing too and like having oh, this podcast you. and uh, cultivating that community as well. I think yeah. that's that's really important. So if this weren't going out today, I probably would wrestle with myself about going in and like editing down that, I know. that thing. But it's going out today. And so it's Leave just it as it is. it is. Awesome. Yeah. And that's where like, yeah, sometimes you just get trapped in something and like, you're like, uh, no, sometimes it's just better just put it out there. It can be like 98% perfect and just leave the 2% to be what it is. Yeah. Thanks. We did Flawed it. And all. We did we it. Made it two hours. All right. We are officially done. <laughs> After all those like other goodbyes, like <laughs> half hour ago. <laughs> officially done. Well, thank you for doing it. Thank you, Elliot. Thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash magical thinking and become a patron to support the show and get access to exclusive content. Feel free to interact with me on Patreon, through the Facebook group, which you can find by searching Magical Thinking, or by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. Follow us on all the social media channels and tune in every Thursday for a new episode. I'll see you next Thursday. Cheers. Cheers.